0: Hola, this is Shelly Martinez, and you're listening to the SNS Network with JJ Sex Day.
1: You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland,
2: and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
3: You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by.
2: Oh, hi.
3: For the latest in professional wrestling.
2: I am the master of the middle finger.
3: Video gaming.
2: Chief ass will sorry sons of bitches.
3: And movies and entertainment.
2: Beer drinker. Among beer drinkers.
3: And here's your host... All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. J.J. Sexy.
4: Come on, come on. I see no changes. Wake up in the morning.
3: Good evening, welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexay, all caps. Got the grapes in front of me, lots to talk about tonight on the program. And isn't it amazing how things change over time? How some would say they get better, some would say maybe not so much. But Smackdown tonight, celebrating... It's record six hundredth episode. Obviously, a part of the Sci-Fi Network for not very long. We've seen this particular brand, this particular show, by the WWE move around a lot. It was on UPN, it was on CW, it was on My Network TV. Now it's on the Sci-Fi Channel. A lot of changes have happened since that first episode of SmackDown. A lot of stars have come and they have gone. We've got new stars now. It's just amazing to me that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Michael Cole still on SmackDown (laughs) from day one, people. Michael Cole. Um, Wow, what a show tonight, honestly. The 600th episode, things got started off in a really big way. Obviously, they had a lot of flashbacks tonight, uh, a lot of key moments in the history of SmackDown. There were some that I thought, should have been showcased that we're not and we'll get into those here in just a little bit but uh, you know without taking too much time we've got a jam-packed show tonight i don't know if the sensational sean will be joining the program later on or not unfortunately he is working tonight Um, but i did get a phone call before showtime from one luke gallows and he is going to be joining us at the top of the hour so we're going to run through this uh, smackdown recap discuss a few things Bring Luke Gallows on. Uh, obviously, myself and Krelly uh, and will interview him shortly. And, of course, we'll cover the news of the week and speculation on 221 11 after the interview with Luke Gallows concludes. But with that said, let's go ahead and jump into the SmackDown rebound. And I have to say, you guys were talking about in the chat room. I am personally a big fan. My favorite SmackDown name had to have been the Marilyn Manson. Uh, Beautiful people theme. Should have never changed it, but they did. Again, things change. It happens. So let's go ahead and break it down. What happened tonight on WWE SmackDown on the Sci-Fi Network. So we start things out tonight with this big, massive 12-man tag team matchup. Of course, we have uh, the faces versus the heels, for lack of a better term. On one side, we have Edge, Randy Orton, John Morrison, R-Truth, Rey Mysterio, and of course, you can't see me, John Cena, taking on, of course, the heels, CM Punk, King Sheamus, fella, White Barrett. Drew McIntyre, Kane, and Dolph Ziggler. A uh, lot of action to call in this one. I mean, it's it for a match that has so many people in it, I mean, I'm not a big fan of those multi-tag matches where you've got, you know, uh, five or six guys on each team. I've never been a big fan of those. WWE has done a pretty good job in the past of having these matches uh, work themselves out pretty well. Um, I'll give them credit tonight. I thought the way that the match flowed was really good. I thought John Morrison looked like a million bucks tonight for those naysayers out there that always want to complain about he doesn't sell anything, he doesn't emote. He looked like he was on fire tonight, and uh, when he took damage, he damn sure was selling it. So I'm guessing maybe those complaints are kind of null and void. Um, The most exciting parts of this match for me dealt with Rey Mysterio. I figured he was really, in my opinion, he was pretty much the guy they showcased the most in this, being the smallest guy in this match We saw some good uh, double-team action between CM Punk and Kane. At one point, CM Punk is on the outside in front of the announce table, and uh, Kane actually baseball slides. Well, not baseball slides. He literally throws Mysterio across the ring, and Mysterio slides to the outside. Of course, CM Punk is on the outside and catches him. Uh, in the chest with his knee. So it was almost like they were playing ping pong with little Ray Mysterio, throwing him on the outside, and then he had that interaction with CM Punk, which I thought was, was fantastic. Um, the finish for this was, was, was pretty kick-ass. Um, we literally got to see everybody's finisher with the exception of Dolph Ziggler's zigzag. Um, so we have Edge and Ziggler in the ring. Edge ducks a clothesline, of course, from Dolph Ziggler. Uh, he ends up hitting a flapjack, and then uh, his, his DDT. Um, so he backs up into the corner to set up for the spear. Ziggler getting up very awkwardly. Sheamus comes in and delivers a brogue kick to, uh, to Edge. So then we have Morrison getting in the ring, jumping off the ropes and hitting the flying chuck kick, as it's been called, on Sheamus. Uh, Kane comes in and choke slams John Morrison. Cena comes in takes out Kane with the attitude adjustment. Punk runs in, hits the GTS on, uh, on John Cena, and then when he turns around, Randy Orton slaps on the RKO. McIntyre runs in and gives the future shock DDT, which looks really awkward to Randy Orton. Um, when McIntyre turns around, there's R-Truth with a pay dirt, and then Barrett comes in and hits the, the boss man slam, for lack of a better term, or the black hole slam, or whatever you want to call that particular move. Mysterio comes in, goes on the top rope, and uh, gets Barrett into position via a Hurricane Rana for the 619. Then he trips up Dolph Ziggler, who now they have both Barrett and Dolph Ziggler set up for a double 619. He hits the double 619. Uh, Ziggler, of course, stumbles. Uh, Barrett's out of it. And Edge, for the win, hits the spear on Dolph Ziggler. And that is how this first match ended. Lots of cliffhanger stuff going on in this 12-man tag, but I really thought that finishing sequence with everybody hitting their move, I thought was fantastic. You know, one after the other, I loved it. I marked huge for it. I, I think it really it really worked in this particular scenario. So after the match is over, of course, uh,
5: Excuse me! Excuse me!
3: We got Vicky Rare coming out, and of course, you know, the crowd just... You know, instant heat when Vicky Guerrero steps out. Right, um, tells Edge he's going to be handing over the championship, and not only is he going to be handing over the championship, but hey, guess what? He's fired. So, Vicky on a on kind of a power trip lately. Last week or the week before last, she fires uh, Kelly Kelly. Now she has fired effectively the Rated R superstar Edge, the former World Heavyweight Champion, and announces that later tonight there will be a coronation. For Dolph Ziggler as he will be crowned the new World Heavyweight Champion. Things kind of heat up. We, we go to a background segment where I believe uh, Todd Grisham is standing in the back with Dashing Cody Rhodes who's wearing a protective face mask. You don't really get a good look at Dolph Ziggler per, or not Dolph Ziggler at Cody Rhodes per se. But he basically talks about how he had the reconstructive surgery. He's, a, he's able to travel now. Um, so he'll be at, uh, I, I think, next week's show. And he's got a big announcement that he wants to drop. So they're really building this feud between uh, Cody Rhodes and and Rey Mysterio, I think, perfectly. It's going to culminate, obviously, in a match at uh, WrestleMania. And I think that's good things for, for Cody Rhodes in the future because I think Mysterio is going to put Cody over uh, like a million bucks. And I, I think that's what he needs right now. Um, of course, again, we're seeing flashbacks all night. They start things off with the first ever Smackdown back in 1999 and I remember that show I I didn't actually get to watch it as it was on because we had a a major storm in Little Rock Arkansas that was kind of uh killing the cable I think I I saw about half that show before it went off the air and of course they replayed it on the Saturday in the local network there and uh, I did see it at that point but uh, you know the story going into that was that Shawn Michaels was brought in as the special guest referee and uh He was the impartial referee, considering that the last time we had seen Shawn Michaels on the WWF programming, he had been taken out by the corporation, thanks to DX, kind of initiating him to go out there and get his ass kicked. Uh, And of course, The Rock was challenging for the WWF Championship held by Triple H. Uh, Goes for the he go basically hits the rock bottom, goes for the people's elbow. And uh, out of nowhere, Shawn Michaels delivers a beautiful, sweet chin music, allowing Triple H to get the win and retain his WWF Championship. Uh, a very good setup for that on the very first SmackDown. God, has it been that long? Six hundred episodes ago. That is absolutely awesome. So next up, we have um, we have Eve Torres and Beth Phoenix taking on the team of Maurice and Layla. Michelle McCool actually sat at ringside. And did uh, commentary along with Booker, Josh Matthews, and of course Michael Cole. Talked about how her foot was injured because of the kick she gave to Layla a few weeks back. Uh, saying that Layla had a pretty hard head. Uh, this one, basically, winners by pinfall. You've got Maurice and Layla. I think the referee was distracted at one point, And uh, Layla and Maurice had a double kick. So Layla lays down and gets the pin on top of Eve. And... She's actually doing something I found really creepy. Kind of rubbing the face of Eve was Layla. So I, I don't know what to play into that. I don't know if they're 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 planning a lesbian angle. I, I thought they were past that, but you know who knows what's going to happen there. Then of course they decide to go ahead and show the entire footage clip from this past Monday night on Raw when The Rock basically came back after seven years and um, you know cut his scathing promo on both The Miz and John Cena. And we're going to talk about this a little later on after the interview with Luke Gallows because I am very critical of how this whole rock scenario is going to play in. I I hope they have something planned. If he's not coming back full time, if he's not going to be wrestling, this is a huge risk. Uh, you know, not only is he burying their stars by cutting scathing promos and making them look bad, but if they don't get some kind of comeuppance. It's really going to ruin things for them. And, you know, I, I'm just I'm not sold on the fact that Rock says he's never going anywhere again. You know, if he's not wrestling, then, you know, what is he bringing to the table? He did pop a huge rating for them. But, again, we'll talk about that a little later on in the program. Uh, next up, we have a match between Kofi Kingston, the Intercontinental Champion, taking on the WWE Champion, The Miz with Alex Riley. <clears throat> I really felt like they kind of dropped the ball with this match. Not that it was a bad match but the fact that you've got the Intercontinental Champion taking on the WWE Champion. Now, I know they're on respective separate brands, but the fact of the matter is this should be a big-time match. I mean, you know, Kofi Kingston is on the cusp of being a main event player on the SmackDown brand. The Miz is a main event player on the Raw brand. Um, You know, in years past, we've seen stuff like, you know, Hogan and and Warrior at WrestleMania six, and it kind of meant something then. I mean, granted, the titles were not on the line for this match, but I really felt like they just kind of threw it together as fodder. And, you know, I think both guys deserve better than that. I really do. Um, of course, the story here, pretty back-and-forth match. Kofi Kingston had a lot of great offense on, on the Miz. It kind of dominated the Miz, which is, you know, what a babyface uh, usually kind of tries to do to a heel. Mainly, a heel usually takes advantage of the match. And, of course, at one point in time, Alberto Del Rio comes down uh, with the distraction Causing the Miz to hit the skull-crushing finale, Uh, on of course Kofi Kingston. I thought it was funny though that Alberto Del Rio comes down and uh, starts doing the whole wet towel trick, you know, that used to do back in high school in the locker room, where you'd be smacking people with the towel. You know, he's sitting there, he's smacking Kofi Kingston with his scarf, uh, which caused the distraction. And I thought, oh, this is this is very high schoolish. It's very you know juvenile, sophomoric. I thought it was funny as hell. And, of course, uh, The Miz capitalized on the mistake that Kofi Kingston made. They're obviously setting up for a big feud between Kofi Kingston and Alberto Del Rio. All indications and all reports that I've heard is that Alberto Del Rio will, in fact, beat Kofi Kingston and become the Intercontinental Champion. That way, when he goes to WrestleMania to fight Edge, he's going to be the Intercontinental Champion. A similar situation to what we had at WrestleMania Six. Between Hogan and Warrior, where it was title for title, and uh, the Warrior ended up obviously both Intercontinental and WWE or WWF World Champion at that point in time. I think that's ex- the exact direction that they're taking this in. So don't be surprised to see more of Alberto Del Rio getting this heavy push, Intercontinental Championship all the way to Mania where he wins the World Title. I just I, I don't see any way that's not going to happen. They've really pushed him down our throats, and I think that is the direction that they're going in. Next up, we have, uh, of course, they, they've shown some other stuff. They, they showed the, as far as the celebration of the 600 episodes, they showed a fantastically done clip, one of my favorites of all time on SmackDown, uh, of Steve Austin and Booker T in the grocery store. And uh, Booker lost his composure as, as they come out of break you know Booker is just laughing his ass off and uh you know obviously Michael Cole and and Matthews are kind of ribbing him on that which I thought was great but uh that's that's always been one of my favorite Booker T segments uh you know for people that are that are really against Booker T and don't think that he brings the entertainment value uh the stuff he did with Austin back in 2001 was fantastic uh anything he ever did with Gold Dust I mean especially on Raw when they did the whole 711 promotion thing where You know, they're both standing in line at 7-Eleven and Golda's like, if you let me have a sip of your Slurpee, I'll let you bite my weenie. Some of the best shit that I've ever seen on WWE television involved Booker T. So he definitely gets his uh, his due as he reminded everybody that he is, in fact, a six-time world champion. Um, Of course, we also see uh, at one point the Eddie Guerrero celebration when he won the WWE championship back in 2004 uh, after No Way Out against Brock Lesnar. Um, we had a tag team match tonight that was actually for the WWE This Is Sparta Tag Team Championships. We had Santino and Koz- and uh, and Kozlov defending against the core. Um, at one point, it looked like the core had this match in the can. Uh, Santino comes back. Looks like he's about to hit the Cobra on uh, Heath Slater. And, of course, the rest of the core jumps in. It's a disqualification, and uh, the winners of the match, via disqualification, of course, were Santino and Kozlov. The Big Show runs in to help out Koztino. He basically takes out everybody that's in the ring. They tease this big showdown between Ezekiel Jackson and the Big Show, and I thought it was very well done. I'm looking forward to seeing these two finally have a one-on-one match. I don't know if they're doing that at Mania. I don't know if it's something that uh, they're building toward. But uh, either way, when these two guys get in the ring together on a one-on-one match, I think it's going to be huge. I'm looking forward to that, quite frankly. And that brings us to our finale on SmackDown. All the matches are pretty much done. We have the coronation getting ready to happen as they're setting up the ring. You know, Vicky and Dolph come down. She's going to present the World Heavyweight Championship to Dolph Ziggler. As he grabs the belt, celebrates with it, that old familiar music hits. Tilo comes back down the ramp. Says, I don't know why you guys look, uh, look like you've seen a ghost. The reports of my demise were exaggerated pretty much. And talks about, you know, h- how far did you get in this investigation? And Vicky cracks under pressure and says it was all Dolph. It was his idea. Dolph did it. She had nothing to do with it. And, of course, Teddy Long says that, you know, you had the power to fire people. You had the the, the power to hire them, but now I have the pat that power as I'm back in power, and basically says that there's going to be a world heavyweight championship right now, a championship match right now, and that Dolph Ziggler will defend that championship against the Rated R superstar Edge. To which Ziggler flips out. Vicky's going crazy. Uh, Edge looked possessed. This match lasted about six minutes, really quickly. Um, And, of course, he hits the spear. After Ziggler tried to hit the zigzag, Uh, Edge runs off the ropes and hits a, a tremendous spear, gets the one, two, three, and your new World Heavyweight Champion on the 600th episode, much like it started, it ended with Edge, your World Heavyweight Champion. And, of course, while the celebration's going on, Teddy Long says, you know what? Dolph, you're fired. So Dolph Ziggler loses his job. And Edge serenades Dolph Ziggler along with the crowd. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. And Dolph is left the building, ladies and gentlemen. And that is the wrap on the 600th episode of SmackDown. Obviously, this was the go-home show to Elimination Chamber this Sunday on Pay-Per-View. A lot of questions that we're going to need answers to, one of them being Dolph Ziggler now not officially going to be in the Elimination Chamber match, so we have five spots instead of six. What's going to happen there? Are we going to see a return, perhaps, from someone on the SmackDown brand? Does somebody from Raw jump over to SmackDown to compete in the Chamber? We're going to have to wait and find out. This Sunday night, obviously, for the Elimination Pay-Per-View. And, of course, make sure you tune in right here to the SNS Radio Network as uh, I will be bringing Sunday Night Showdown back to the airwaves and uh, myself and the usual suspects here at Sunday Night Showdown. We'll cover that Pay-Per-View live as it happens. So it should be a good show. I am really looking forward to it. I think, I think Shark is bringing the booze, so it's going to be a good night for me. Good night. I don't know why he doesn't bring it on TNA shows because that's that those are the shows I should get drunk when I watch, right? I like the WWE shows, so I don't need to get drunk, but hey, it's an added bonus, right? It's all good. So if I had to give tonight's show uh, a grade, I would have to say that uh, I thought they, they did a pretty good job hyping that this was the 600th episode. I like the fact that they put in a lot of nostalgia. I understand why they put that big... 12-man tag at the beginning of the show, but I really thought that it should have been the main event. I mean, I understand from a storyline perspective where they went. I um, mean, you, re- you literally did get your main event uh, at the beginning of the show, and I liked it. Again, I thought there should have been more emphasis on Kofi and Alberto, or <laughs> Kofi and, of course, The Miz, leading into this Alberto Del Rio program. I thought there should have been more emphasis there. Um, but you know what, I'll, I'll give it a B+. I thought it was a decent show. I like where they're going, storyline-wise, with a lot of the things here. So we'll just have to wait and catch this Sunday's pay-per-view to find out exactly what's going to happen. And, and let's not forget, we got some big things popping this week. I mean, the pay-per-view, and then Monday night, it's two twenty one eleven. 11 Something big is going to happen. Someone's coming to the WWE. A lot of people are saying it's The Undertaker. A lot of people are saying it's two different people. I guess we're just going to have to wait and find out. So with that said, uh, I do want to go to the phone lines, and I believe joining me on the program right now, you know him, you love him, the fucking foreign kid, headlocks2headlines.com. Chris Kelly is in the house. What's up, dude?
6: Uh, you know, nothing much. Um, it's, it's a bit interesting. I was over on www.com looking at a title history. And apparently, Dolph Ziggler was a champion. So he is now officially a one-time world champion. He, and I'm wondering <laughs> if they will actually, uh, actually announce that on Saturday next week.
3: You know, here's the thing that I have. I, I have a serious problem with uh, with him doing this to Dolph. I mean, um, this is a guy that, that has been an up-and-comer for a while. He really has worked his ass off to get where he is. And I'm hoping that by putting him with Vicky and then by firing him, maybe he's going to Raw... Um, and they're going to separate him from Vicky Guerrero. I think that's what needs to happen because Dolph is ready. But when you look at what happened tonight, it just shows you that Dolph's not ready to be in that main event scene because he completely got destroyed by Edge in six minutes. But so you spent all—well, hold on—you on. spent all this yeah. time. You spent all this time building Dolph Ziggler up to be the guy, and you squashed him in six minutes. Now, I hope something positive comes of this, but I, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of the way that they did it. I didn't now, think it does was that right.
6: Mean that, does that mean that his total reign lasted a week or eight or eight minutes? Because if we go by the rules of WWE, he, he won the belt last week when Edge used to spear. But if we go by the time he was given the belt, that was at the end of the SmackDown. So his total reign was eight minutes long. Thus, his total reign is shorter than Kane's short total reign.
3: Well, not even that, not, not even Kane's title reign. Let's go back to, uh, I mean, let, let's, let's be honest here. Let's go back to 1993 at WrestleMania nine when Yokozuna beat Bret Hart for the WWF Championship. And then like two minutes later, he lost it in a match uh, to Hulk Hogan, who then won the title from Yokozuna. So you've got another situation where they've kind of pulled that away from 1993, or or you could even go further than that and look at 19, I think 95, when Shawn Michaels was your Intercontinental Champion, and because of the uh, beating he took in Syracuse, he ended up having to forfeit his Intercontinental Championship on pay-per-view to Dean Douglas, who then lost it moments later in an impromptu match with Razor Ramon. So he joins the ranks of Yokozuna and Dean Douglas as being a guy that's been a transitional champion for all of about, you know, two to ten minutes.
6: And if you want to go more recent, you could say when Big Zeke defeated Christian on SmackDown, no, sorry, on a, last year on ECW, when he was champion for, for 28 seconds. Because the belt was officially retired after that turn off the air, and of course that was the main event, and his post-match celebration was all of 28 seconds long. So Zeke might possibly have the shortest world title reign in history, if you count the ECW title as a world title.
3: Well, you could you could count it as that, but then again, I mean, if the if the the title was retired, I mean, he just can you can say I was the last ECW champion. Um, you know, it's not like anybody beat him in that twenty eight seconds to take it. So I mean, I see where you're coming from. You're right, but at the same time, it, it's a different dynamic than say a guy like Dolph Ziggler or Yoko because they literally lost the belt. You know, within moments of winning the belt. Mm.
6: Now whilst I'm not I'm not gonna jump into the news, of course we saw that no that that McCall, was ringside and what she and what she, she didn't really explain how she got injured, apparently it's a broken toe, suffered whilst training. Okay. Training with Layla, So that's how she's a broken that's how she got a broken toe. I'm not sure how long she she she, she could be out for. You know what I think this Maurice Maurice could work well with Layla.
3: You're right, Crelly, but uh, you know we're going to cover the news here in just a few moments. Uh, right now, let's go to the phone lines. Joining us right here on the SNS radio network, welcome to Unplugged. On the line with us, guys, we have former WWE talent, Luke Gallows.
4: How's it going, guys?
3: Hey, it's going good. How are you?
4: I'm doing really well down here in Puerto Rico. Uh, just finished my matchup. We're heading back to the hotel, so good night.
3: Very cool. Sounds like it might be raining in the background.
4: It's raining a little, yeah. <laughs> actually fairly hard <laughs>
3: Yeah, we, we can hear it pretty good uh, So how, how's your stay in Puerto Rico been?
4: Oh, it's great I love it down here The weather's nice The hotels on the beach uh, The people are nice uh, This is my second time down here Since I left WWE and I've really enjoyed it You know, both times so far I got, uh, I had uh, former TNA star Shane Sewell tonight And I have uh, Primo from WWE tomorrow night So uh, enjoy my stay The weather's nice The wrestling's good So uh, yeah, I'm thinking it
3: that's awesome. How long are you going to be in Puerto Rico?
4: Uh, just until Sunday. I just came in for the weekend. And okay. Then, uh, <clears throat> going home and doing some independent shows, and then I head off to Africa and from there to Japan, and then back to the States to uh, round out the end of March and just try to stay busy.
3: So, yeah, it definitely sounds like since your WWE release, you, uh, you're definitely out there taking all the indie dates you can get. You sound like you've been pretty damn busy.
4: Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I I still love doing this, and once uh, it's in your blood, it's hard to get out. So uh, I'll go anywhere there's a ring and they want to have a show, man, for sure.
3: Now, before we get into anything major, there's a couple things I wanted to talk to you about real quick. Uh, are you are you watching the WWE product right now?
4: Um, off and on. I'm not like a real bitter guy, but my my son is about to turn four years old, and uh, he's completely enamored with it um, because he had watched me since you know. He was an infant, so uh, I DVR it, and we'll uh, we'll watch the stuff, you know, the next day, and I'll watch it on and off because I'm doing stuff with him and things like that because he really uh, he really enjoys it. But I've seen punk stuff with the new Nexus and everything like that. Very happy for him, and uh, happy for all my friends that are still there, you know.
3: Well, you know, you bring up the punk Nexus thing. When I watch punk as the leader of the Nexus now, I mean, uh, really, it's hard for me to differentiate. The difference. Kind of
4: deja vu, isn't it, in A little
3: bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really is hard to differentiate. It, it's the same thing that the uh, Straight Edge Society was, only uh, yeah. you know, there's not much difference other than the fact that you and Serena aren't there.
4: Yeah, we don't have a bald girl, and I'm gone. I don't know, but uh, yeah, well, you know, it's uh, one of those things. It's just how wrestling is. I think it's very typical, and it's uh, giving those guys an opportunity and stuff like that. And I'm still going, so I, I have no. Uh, Resentment or bitter bitterness towards them, but I just want to uh, work hard and prove everybody wrong and go back there and get a spot that I feel like I deserve, you
3: know? No, absolutely. Um, taking us through your, your stages in developmental back in the day, I, I, I actually did get an opportunity to see some of the stuff you did down in uh, Deep South Wrestling um, uh-huh. when you were the freaking Deacon. Yeah. Now, how did that gimmick come about?
4: Um, that was kind of an off-the-wall thing. I was, uh, I was a big fan of Bruiser Brody as a, as a kid and stuff, and when I was doing Independence, I had, uh, I had some fur boots, and fur boot covers made, and, like, a schmock thing, and, um, I would work twice on a lot of indie shows, and I would wear the hood and do this, this crazy kind of Bruiser Brody rip-off gimmick, and then I would work with my other stuff, my other gimmick that I was, little gimmick that I was doing, then. and, and uh, when I got to Deep South, um, it was, we have been training for about three months, and it was, like, picture day. So I brought this fancy gear that I had made up, and I had I had this white, it's ridiculous looking at what happened, was this white, like, um, packed leather-looking singlet, and I came in, I was all tanned, and Bill DeMott looked at me and said, here's you're not a packed leather guy, I don't ever want to see that again. And somebody suged on me, because I didn't want him to know about the fur boots, because I, I thought I would be stuck in them, and, and he said, go home and get the fur boots and all that, so I ended up putting the stuff on, and then he thought the name, and then it just kind of... uh developed from there because I wanted to find a way to stand out in the crop of, of the original 16 guys we had. So somebody had the idea for me to bring a spider to the ring, how Jake the Snake, you know, had, had a snake. And I mean, it was a total gimmick, but I ended up, you know, I found this tarantula that was fairly docile, I thought. And uh, that became part of the part of the whole shit. I would bring the tarantula to the ring with me, and then it ended up evolving into Melissa Coates with my bag lady, and I lived in the sewer, and it's all this ridiculous stuff, but we really had a lot of fun with it. It's probably, uh... Some kind of wrestle crab archive right now, but, um, but yeah, I would do tricks with the stuff, the spider, and put it in my mouth, and win the match, and put the spider on the guy, and, and a lot of the guys would really freak out by it. They were, you know, they had a phobia of the spider and stuff like that too, which uh, I wasn't okay when we first started it, but I got used to it. I made a mistake one time, and uh, I had him in my mouth actually to start a promo, and they have like a defense effect on their back so they can shoot hairs. They shot all the hairs into my tongue and my, my tongue swelled up, my throat closed, I
3: like, had to go to the hospital. So I, I basically ripped myself on that one, but <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I actually have a good friend here in, in uh, Calgary that has a, uh, a a business right now. He does like reptile birthday parties for kids. And not only does he oh, have wow. the he, he not only has, does he have the snakes and the lizards, but uh he actually has had a couple of uh, of, of the spiders, the big tarantulas and whatnot and uh you know i i'm one of those guys that's that's morbidly afraid of snakes and spiders so uh, i've helped him out a couple of times in this thing and it's it's never <laughs> it's never an easy thing for me but uh you know for you to uh to put a spider in your mouth kudos to you man that's that's I was crazy just
4: trying to get noticed we do silly things and we're trying to stand out i guess but uh, i remember being at uh at tv right after the spider after the spider mouth promo and uh I was beating Stephanie McMahon for one of the first time. She came up to me and said, Freaking Deacon. And I was waiting and hoping for a compliment. She said, You're definitely weird. Keep it up. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't know how to necessarily read that, but I kept it up trying to, you know, with the weirdness anyway.
3: Oh, that's awesome. So now, I guess the big question is uh, when when you initially came up to the WWE, uh, they put you in this gimmick where you were Festus. Uh, at any point in time, had they ever thought of. You know, I think this freaking Deacon character uh, could could work on the uh, on the SmackDown brand. Did they ever approach you about that, or was it just, uh, you're going to be Festus?
4: I was the freaking Deacon, and then um, they pulled me up for that brief little imposter cane stunt that oh, I did yeah. for about a month. And uh, when that ended, um, for obvious reasons, they, they had this plan for me to move forward as the freaking Deacon. I was going to go home for a few months. And then the, when we were going to do that. I was supposed to come um in the fall as the Freaking Deacon and I guess uh, they looked at it a little closer and basically they thought that it needed it was a little too 80 so that it needed to be toned down and all that so they basically ended up, I came into the dark match and I had the spider, and I had promos, promo her we didn't see it and I thought they liked but they thought you know, with the direction they were going that the Freaking Deacon was a little bit too out there which you know they had the boogeyman too so I guess that could be a part of it but uh, then, I, you know, I went home and uh, back to developmental and they were looking for somebody to put with Ray Gordy to be, um, originally he was with Henry Godwin and they were going to be like New Godwin. And Henry had some personal issues and ended up leaving the company and they were looking for somebody to, to fulfill that role. And Rand, I got along well and I was, you know, a country kid growing up and stuff like that. So we stepped in and wrote some of our own promos and things like that. And then uh, we came to TV to debut the Hillbillies and then... Uh, Somehow we got lost in translation, and Vince decided that he wanted to this. That was all his idea. He came up with it, and pulled us in the office, basically told us how he wanted to go, and
3: stuff. That's interesting because I really think that the dynamic that you had with the freaking Deacon, uh, you mentioned the Boogeyman as well. I, I would have loved to have seen some sort of a program or alliance between those two characters. That would have been uh, that have been crazy.
4: Yeah, I, I thought that it could have been neat, and I, you know, there. They were kid friendly kind of characters and stuff like that too, and especially with the, the P G direction that they kinda of moved in, you know, from that time period and stuff. We actually we brought Boogie into the south and we did a little something and uh you know, the small building and stuff, but we got a really neat reaction by these two characters. Fantasy, you and the local fans we used to see me doing the freaking weekend stuff, and then of course him coming in with that push off the T V and it was it was really kinda of neat the, the little deal that we did. And we only we did it one or two weeks and you know, but uh I think people definitely would have gotten a big kick out of it.
3: I would agree. Uh, I want to bring in my co-host at this time, uh, Chris Kelly of HeadlocksToHeadlines.com. dot com. Chris, you are with us? Hey, man.
4: Hey, Chris. How's it going?
3: Uh, you know, a
6: bit tired, but that's what I get for being English and, lo- and liking pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so we touched on your your um, your reign as as imposter Kane. Now that was built up for a long, long time. What what was it like? Uh, Wrestling Kane and trying to learn his style, uh, um, opposed um, to being your, your own style.
4: It was it was neat. I think um, the thing with that, you know, being a short-lived gimmick and one of those things people don't necessarily remember is a good thing. We put a lot of hard work into it because we found out a month before they wanted to do it. I was going to be the guy to do it, so I would do these. We were doing these Japanese-style these style practices, and then you know everybody would go home. And I'd come back two hours later, and Bill and I would have these secret cane practices where we would watch, you know, old cane stuff, and then I would go through and, you know, try to learn to mimic his mannerisms, stuff like that. So it was actually a lot that kind of went into that. I think that one of the first things that went wrong with it was uh, I didn't have the right kind of wig. I don't know if anybody remembers when I first debuted on Raw, I, I looked more like an 80s rock star. And then we corrected it, and I got a human hair wig, and it was way better, but with the hair all puffed out and stuff like that, I think. Place i it,
6: you know, originally, but uh, you know, it's one of those things. I know, I know. Uh, following the debut of the Imposter Kane, a lot of people had no idea uh-huh. who it was. Like a lot of people thought, "Oh, is it is it Undertaker?" Like so, like for like a week or so, people were actually confused who it was. And do you feel it that it was kind of kind of a knee-jerk reaction to kind of drop the storyline after a few weeks after your uh, your win over Kane at Vengeance?
4: Do I think what now that after the win over Kane is what would happen? So I didn't think so.
6: Do you think that it was kind of a um, a knee-jerk reaction to kind of drop the storyline?
4: Yeah, I,
2: oh.
6: I kind
4: of did, and uh, I, I didn't. You know, it's just it's one of those things that, that happens in wrestling and stuff. You know, basically I walked into TV the next day, and I, I didn't think that we had a bad match. The crowd was kind of weird for it, but I mean they're seeing you know, chain face itself. So I, I didn't know what to expect. Like they kind of just told me that uh, they weren't going to move forward with it. And you know, then we talked about some other plans for later on that you know, ended up working into something completely different. But, I mean, it was definitely quick, but, you know, they have reasons behind things that they do that, that we'll never know, and that's why they're a the, they're the big company and they really understand. So it's kind of one of those things where you have to just take it and move uh, on, you know?
3: You know, looking at that whole storyline, I mean, I guess the big question is, does May nineteenth still have that significance to you that it does, Kane?
4: Uh, I take a cold shower every May nineteenth, brother. <laughs> 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 I did think it was cool getting to go in and kind of uh you know, that was hyping up his movie and stuff like that and maybe in a big man and stuff like that. It was neat to go in there and uh and do that, that thing with, with Kane and uh I think he's very professional and I got a lot of respect for a guy like that who uh who knows who he is, and, and after all this time, can still can say that you know, and stand across the ring to on, on house shows, or live events, you know, doing losing later on, and just see like the uh, the respect and stuff like that to be commandeered to the audience. It was really uh, really cool to be in there with it always was.
6: So so following that that storyline, and it, after, after it was dropped, you came up to the main roster as Festus. Uh-huh. Now uh-huh. I love this gimmick. I love the whole idea of him not going ape crazy into until, until the bell rang. What are your thoughts on that whole character?
4: You know, I thought it was something different, and it's funny now that I'm out, I'm out here away from the company and stuff. People ask about Texas more than anything else, so they 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 must remember it for for some reason. And I think it's one of those things where a lot of the characters are kind of gone from wrestling now, and people remember that because it was kind of so out there, and they like seeing you know these big burly guys you know, throwing ape shit I don't know, sorry if i not to say that, but it's a drop of the hat when the bell would ring and stuff like that. So we had a lot of fun with it, you know. And uh definitely it's even more fun, like on the house shows and stuff where we had some more liberty to uh to be creative where we could just <laughs> get really crazy and, and do stuff with it. And I really enjoyed my time with, uh, with Jesse, with Jeff and he's still a close personal friend and we do live far from each other and stuff like that. So you had to spend the time on the road with him and, and do you know the fun gimmicks that we had
6: and stuff like that. I really, uh, really was glad to uh, have the opportunity for it. I think, I think the two biggest standpoints, uh, or oh, sorry, the two biggest events within Festus was the match where you faced John Morrison and the Miz, and they rang the bell. So your guy went back to being, uh, what's what's <laughs> the right word? Catatonic being. is what we used to
2: say. That, <laughs> the catatonic <yeah>. face. <laughs>
6: and they And they kept like, and they like, kept like uh, muck, mucking your guy, like making make him dance. That was hilarious. Yeah. And like, the crowd was going insane. That was just
4: pure
6: yeah. funny. And the other part was when you f- faced Undertaker. I thought, I thought that was a great match on SmackDown.
4: Yeah, you know that was one of my favorite matches. It really was. Like again, you know, best big man in the business, is getting to go in there and uh, have a good showing with him and stuff like that. I, I still really like that match. I
6: would that. I I would love to see um, what I would love to see is you you come out first, and then after you ke- came out, would be the Undertaker, and see your character uh, keep doing his 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 whole transforming f- um, phase during the Undertaker's gong. Yeah. Because there's so many gongs.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah,
6: that's it out.
4: cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I wanted to turn heel after that and work the program with him. And I was really hoping that we were going to get to do it. But, you know, they had a different, you know, creative stuff to do with him, with the guys who were higher up on the roster and stuff like that. But I really loved any time I got to get in there with him, what it was like, you know, that, that time on TV or when we were looking past shows, stuff like that, uh, you know, got to respect that.
3: Now... I guess uh, the main question is after the uh, the Festus and Jesse run was over with, um, which yeah. was sad because I, you know what, I actually liked both uh, both you and Jesse together, and I would have liked to have seen maybe a, a brief tag team title run between the two of you because I thought the chemistry was there. I never really saw much of Ray Gordy except for you know the SmackDown brand, and, and I never really thought that he was utilized as much uh, as he probably could have been. But it would have been nice to see you guys uh, with 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 a run. You know, even if it was just a brief run against Miz and Morrison, I thought that would have been a, a pretty compelling story to tell. But after your uh, your run with Jesse and Festus, you kind of moved into the uh, Straight Edge Society with CM Punk. And, you know, prior to your WWE release this last time, you know, CM Punk was very vocal on Twitter about, uh, you know, you were a guy that, were get, that was given, uh, and I believe his quote was, uh, chicken shit gimmicks, and and you turned them into gold. And I have to agree with that because, uh, at first glance, you look at a character like Festus, and you're like, oh, well, what can I do with this? And you did a fantastic job, and, you know. And I thought that your role in the Straight Edge Society, uh, I mean, I was shocked the night you debuted, and you know you'd shaved your head and you looked completely different. And I was like, I, I took a double take. I was like, oh, that's that's Festus, you know. I thought the storyline uh that you know you were you were all drugged up i thought it was brilliant and uh you know what a great position to be put in especially with a guy like cm punk i mean you guys had a had a tremendous run over there
4: yeah yeah i, I that's, that's my only regret about that I, I really love working with him and i mean we're good buddies and stuff like that but i, I got a ton of respect for the talent that punk has and you know as an all-around performer and on the microphone and stuff like that. And I really thought that uh, we had some good chemistry there and stuff like that. So i just disappointed that the run didn't last a little longer. But, you know, it's just, you know, things have a stimulating circumstance stuff. Uh, you know, Joey, Joey tours Peck at uh, at SummerSlam. And then, you know, a week later, Serena gets let go. And then basically you get...
3: I think... For Curly, are you still there? I'm still here. Luke, are you there? Luke, are you back?
4: Sorry, guys. Yeah, we lost you there for a second. So yeah, that's okay.
3: Know. It's got to be that weather, man. <laughs>
4: <Gotta> be. <laughs> All
3: right, so we were. Uh,
4: what were we talking about? I don't, I don't remember where I was going. With uh,
3: you were talking about working with Tonk and uh, the Straight Edge Society.
4: Yeah, and then you know after you know she was released and he was hurt and then it just kind of uh, kind of crumbled after that and it was really I, I thought it was kind of a shame because I thought that uh, you know for a while who we you know, one of the better heel factions going and stuff like that, with him being a strong character, and he had a good supporting cast with Joey and I, and then, you know, we had this bald girl running around that nobody's seen at least in a few years, and she was rocking it and stuff like that, so it was really different. You know, we were, we were like our own version of the Adams family. So, you know, we had Joey, we had a bald girl, a giant cowboy, and then himself, you know, so <laughs> it was funny. But uh, I thought there
3: was there was definitely something to that. Hopefully, you know, somewhere down the line, it will get revisited because I think that Punk and I have really good chemistry together. You know, I I really loved the whole uh, the the Charlie Manson esque uh, Jesus character that he was portraying, growing the hair out and the the hairy wow, chest. You know, I I just I thought it was fantastic, especially in the PG era. Um, for a guy, is oh, yeah. you know, especially for Punk, a guy who you know professes to be straight edge. And, you know, to a point, he's absolutely right. I think the, the feud he had with Jeff Hardy, and especially the aftermath of what happened with Jeff Hardy, really catapulted him as well, um, considering that when you think about it, he's this, he's this heel. He's this bad guy. But in reality... Yeah, in
4: society, he's, he's a bad guy telling you not to drink, not to do drugs, not to smoke cigarettes. He's the bear program. is evil. <laughs>
3: exactly. I mean, he's actually the good guy when you think about it, because he is professing right. not to do this stuff. And I, I, I just I love that dynamic that was there. And, you know, I thought that it was unfortunate when Joey Mercury came back that, you know, he got hurt right off the bat because I, I would have liked to have seen where this straight-edge storyline was going to go. And, I mean, I almost feel like we know where it's going to go because now they've they've kind of inserted him in, in, in with the nexus. Yeah, so like
4: playing out all over again a year later. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing, too, that I wanted to touch on. I thought that was really a shame with Joey because what a tremendous – and what a guy, you know, that could teach and could lead guys while he's in there, stuff
6: like that. Like, I, I thought Joey was just a hell of a, a really So what, like, um, you mentioned how kind of the injuries and the release of Serena kind of led to the downfall of 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 the SES. I've heard in multiple interviews, yeah. Serena saying that that, that there was a planned some some kind of wedding, some kind of wedding down the line between yourself and Serena. Like, was There's that ever mentioned to you?
4: Um, I don't remember if it was a wedding now or not. We might have been having a wedding. That sounds like a good idea, but I can't remember. It's sad that I can't remember it. It was six months ago. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was what we were doing. I guess That might, might have been a wedding. I'm not sure. But, yeah, that would definitely make sense. and I think that it would have been uh, really good to see. Because who knows how that could have turned out, you know?
6: A straight-edge wedding. That
3: would be quite fun to watch.
2: <laughs>
6: <The reception.
3: laughs> I'd want to be the preacher in that one. Uh, you know, at the reception, I think you serve Kool-Aid there. That would be awesome.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Oh. So 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 since your release, we, we we touched on this earlier. Since your release, you've actually been really busy with uh independent stuff. Currently you're in Puerto Rico, uh for the weekend. You said you've done some stuff in Japan. Um have you uh have you been in contact with any other wrestling organizations since your release? Uh yeah,
4: I've, I've talked to a few people, but nothing I can really talk about right now. Okay. I guess just this
6: fair enough so you uh so we we brought up japan what what was it like wrestling in Japan was it last week i believe that you you' in japan
4: uh I went there december third for the first time and then I went back um i guess just a week or two ago and I, I i think it's cool you know it's different I've always wanted to go there and uh you know the crowd's different it's a different atmosphere, the style's a little different, but I like that rough style and stuff like that, so I think it's that could be a pretty good niche for me for the next uh little while at least. And uh, you know, I enjoy going I'm going for a new company in March. I'm going for a company that Vader is actually the uh I guess the figurehead for and stuff like that. And uh always love Vader growing up so that'll be another that'll be cool too. And uh Sue uh, and we're opening up some stuff in uh in Africa, the Congo, Nigeria, so I'll be going there, going to Africa once a month for uh, a week to two weeks in a time, so a lot of stuff coming off. Australia's opening up nice, so um, I think there's a lot of stuff, a lot of overseas markets that uh, are going to be really good, and it's exciting stuff to go and and do stuff. You know, not with the company and kind of get to be at the ground level and uh, and see it see it come up and see the business come up and stuff like that. Uh, you know, some of the stuff you know in Africa and things like that. You know, there's so many people and they have good resources and good you know, a lot of money there and stuff like that, so there, there might be a real market for wrestling to take off,
6: which I think would be cool. Mm. I've got one, uh, I, I just got an email question, uh, would you be interested at some point down the road in returning to WWE and possibly reforming the SES?
4: Uh, I would definitely be, I, I mean, I'm only 27, i said this in interviews before i I had to stop doing it there for a little while, uh, so I think, yeah, I definitely want to go back to to do Like people say this all the time, and you hear it in the locker room, and you hear it in interviews. but I really think that it's true that if if you don't want to be the uh, the world champion, then you shouldn't be in the business. I I kind of tend to agree with that. It's true.
3: Well, absolutely. I mean, if if you're not in it to be the champ, then you know you're obviously not in it for the right reasons. And
4: yeah, you have to want to be the best. And I think that that's, that's what it's all about, man. I still believe that. You know, I still want to be the best. So.
3: And, you know, I, I'll, I'll be real honest. I am a fan of your work in the WWE. I, I liked your big man style, whether you were Festus, whether you were Luke Gallows of the SES. I think that really, you know, with you going to Japan and kind of broadening your horizons, I mean, sometime down the road, if you do come back into the E, uh, you're obviously going to have more experience. You're going to have things that you've picked up. You look at some of the big men that have left the WWE under, you know, whether they've they've quit the business or they've quit the company or released, you know, guys like uh, – like A Train, who is now Giant Bernard right. in New Japan, uh, you know, right? I, he's having a fantastic career in Japan. Um, yeah, yeah. Even Tyson Tomko had a had a decent career over there with with uh, Giant Bernard. So I mean, there's always room for improvement. When he went to TNA, Tomko, I, I thought he had improved so much better than when he was uh, he was in WWE. So uh, I really
4: did too, man. I really admired the work in TNA. It's funny that you brought up uh, Giant Bernard because. You know, I, I always keep my eye on everything that's, that's kind of going on, and I was a big fan of, you know, first of all, him going to New Japan and then becoming a standout, and having this long-running second career in Japan and becoming the important figure that he is over there. I mean, I was in, you know, walking through Tokyo and popping in stores, and, the, you know, his team, they have the T-shirts, just regular, you know, regular stores hanging on the rack and stuff like that. It's cool to see stuff like that, like, you know, guys with Bob Sapp, stuff going. You know, even though he's kind of out of pro wrestling, but in the mixed martial arts world, where they recreate themselves in a the different market. And I uh, have a lot of respect for people persevering and, uh, and you know, kind of rising up like that. I think it's pretty cool.
6: I've got sent a question. Uh, what is your favorite moment that happened within the WWE?
4: Man, I had a lot of them. Um, I really enjoyed walking out at WrestleMania last year with Um Match with The Undertaker definitely stands out. Been the favorite ones I So, I have a couple things to stand out that I, I really enjoyed being a part of. We had a, you know, we were working a house show and we always had a riot in San Francisco and it was Punk and I. And we were just having so much fun. And, like you said, doing the, the Charles Manson kind of cult leader thing and uh, just being a part of that. And, you know, it was that old school heat that you hear about, like in Puerto Rico and places like that where they're throwing batteries in the ring and trying to climb the railing. And just, I think it's really neat when you can capture people like that. So, I have a lot of fun.
6: Different things to mm. like, balance, I balance Yeah, I think I think the whole East, uh, SES uh, uh, idea was fantastic. Like, if you look when Punk came to Ireland, uh, I think it was last month or so, some fan jumped the rail to try and punch him. That's how much fans hate CM Punk, and they hated the SES, which is
3: fantastic. Yeah, I
4: He's, he's, he's a real heel with real heel. I think that's, that's so great. It's something that, you know doesn't there as much as does more, but you see something like that, it's so. Good.
3: You know, it's funny. I caught a obviously with Facebook. You know, people are always sharing social media all the time. I I ran across a clip on uh, Facebook the other day. It was on YouTube. Uh, it was footage of CM Punk when he was in uh, ROH, and he's literally uh, jumping this chicken in, in the crowd. Like she's yelling and screaming at him and. He's literally holding his hands like he has a microphone talking to her. And then he walks up to her and puts the the thing in front of her face like she has a microphone. And she starts talking like it's a microphone. He's like, I don't even have a microphone, you stupid bitch. And I just died. I was like, that is brilliant.
4: Yeah. And that's to come up with stuff on the fly the way that he does.
3: um, I, I'm getting a question in from my, uh, my partner here at Wrestling News Live, the trade dog. Um, he says uh, Would you be interested if WWE tried to work a storyline where the Nexus are in disarray, uh, they're falling apart, and you were brought back in as Punk's number one guy, as like what a soldier is supposed to be in the Nexus?
4: What was the question? What I would I do that, or be opposed to? It?
3: Yeah, would would you be opposed to coming back and, and working with the Nexus storyline as as Punk's right hand man again, or is that something you'd, you'd rather I think not?
4: That do? If it was something that was that was beneficial and could help business and could you know help my career and help uh, you know help the WWE or something, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But, you know, it's all just the way that it's handled. I, I want to go back and have the opportunity to obviously get further than I got the last time, but uh, you know, I've always been a team player stuff like that with anything
3: that I would have to do, so you know, if uh, the opportunity was good for for both parties I
6: wouldn't see why I'd be opposed to that. If I all. No doubt. Crowley? Um I got one last question from the chat room. Uh you you mentioned Dyke like, big man workers. Who was kind of your who was your inspiration um uh to get into wrestling
4: Oh I it's the thing, I was such a big fan, like from the time I saw it when I was eight years old, I was captivated by everybody's kids. And then when I got older, I kind of started to figure out what was going on. I just, you know, I like guys more who I thought could go. And I, I wasn't always particularly the biggest fan of the big men, but I, I mean, I, I've always, uh, had a ton of respect for the undertaker because I thought, that year after year, you know, injury after injury, he always seemed to come back better. I always kind of tried to tire myself after that. I never wanted to be like a lumbering big man. I wanted to be athletic and be able to move around in there. And, uh, you know, not bore people. I think that uh, big men can accidentally fall into that category if so they're not careful. I never want to be to be labeled that way, like I was unathletic or lumbering or plodding or these
6: things. So your uh, your fans can actually also follow you on Twitter at at yes. Real Gallows, and you are and you are uh, and you are also available for bookings at book uh, bookbiglg at uh, at gmail dot com
4: com, yes sir and the website is the big com. so uh any of those media outlets please come check them out uh hopefully i'll be coming to your town soon
3: <laughs> now before we let you go I, I guess one of the big questions and it, it's kind of a main or it's kind of a, a current events kind of thing uh I, you probably heard the buzz this week it's all the rage that uh you know the rock showed back up on raw this past monday night after seven years um what are your thoughts about him coming back in? I mean, he says he's not going anywhere, that uh, he's never going to leave again. And I, I, I'm i having a hard time finding The Rock fitting in this current generation, unless he's going to be a full-time guy where he's a general manager or a wrestler. I, I, I just, I'm not buying into it like everyone else seems to be. Yeah, you know,
4: I, I don't know. I don't, I've, I've met The Rock once or twice. Um, I will say this. I'm saying my son's still watching the product and I watch it with him tonight. I saw the promo, and, I mean, it was great. He captivated the people like, like he always has and, and probably always will do. As far as him staying on board and not going anywhere, I don't know. I guess that's one of those things that's kind of up to the rock and probably has something to do with a huge sum of money that none of us will ever know anything about. I'm not sure, but uh, I think he's definitely an asset, and it's cool to see him back on TV. You
3: know, I I guess my, my big concern with him coming back in the company in that one promo he did Uh, You know, he did run down both The Miz and John Cena. And obviously, with John Cena, I understand where he's coming from because John Cena did say a lot of unflattering things about him. Uh, Yeah,
4: they've gone back and forth in the media quite a bit, it seems like.
3: But it almost seems at this point to have him come out and kind of put John Cena in his place, so to speak. Uh, You know, unless there's some kind of a payoff, I I kind of feel like that might have been a big gamble by this company. I really do.
4: Yeah, I think that... uh it's one of those things where we all just kind of have to sit back and see how the whole thing plays out. I mean, that's definitely a huge box office attraction to have the biggest star of the current era and you know the biggest star of the Attitude era, which arguably, I like, guess factually, the biggest money drawing era in the history of that company. To see them uh, have a confrontation, a showdown, and stuff like that, we all remember the magic that the Rock and Hogan created with each other that original generation of that. So. I think it'll be neat to see how it plays out, but I think it would definitely benefit the business if it's not a one-off. You know, I, I tend to agree with you on that for sure.
3: No doubt. Well, Luke, I want to thank you for stopping by tonight. I know you've had a, a busy schedule. You've got a lot of things going on, but uh, I do appreciate you dropping by.
4: This is former WWE superstar Luke Gallows, and you're listening to the s and Wrestling Network.
3: Awesome, Luke. I appreciate it. And if there's anything we can do to promote, man, just hit us up, and uh, we'll be glad to put that information out there.
4: Man, I appreciate it. It was great talking to you guys and uh thanks for having me on the show.
3: No problem. Enjoy the uh the rest of your week in Puerto Rico and uh like I said, keep us updated and we'll talk to you in the in the very near future, my friend.
4: Got it, man. I'm going to hit the beach in the morning and check out the scenery. It my amazing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, man. You have a great night. All right, Hi, guys. man. Thanks. All right, guys. That was former WWE talent Luke Gallows. You know him as the freaking Deacon Festus and of course, the right hand of CM Punk in the Straight Edge Society. Uh, glad for I'm glad that Luke was able to join us tonight. I wasn't sure if he was going to make it, but uh, obviously his show in Puerto Rico ended earlier than he expected. So it's nice to bring him on the program finally. It's been a long time coming with him, so it's finally it's nice to finally have him on the show.
6: Indeed, and he tells some pretty cool stories, and I, we found out some some information that we didn't really know. And who knows, he might possibly return to possibly WWE or TNA in the future.
3: Absolutely. But uh, at this point, Crelly, we're going to come back to the news. We're going to take our first commercial break of the night right now. And uh, we'll come back. We'll hit on the news of the week, and uh, we'll get everything set up for the rest of the show. So you guys are listening, obviously, to Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Stay tuned for more right after this. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexay of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling, and of course some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks to headlinescom That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, dot. Headlocks to headlines.com. Stand there and shut up, because I've got a lot to say. I am Bobby the Brain Heenan. Get it straight. We're here making television
6: history right now. Now, for the first time ever released on DVD, the unprecedented collection of one of the greatest managers of all time in Bobby the Brain Heenan.
2: That doesn't like to be made a fool of. You listen to me, you go to the top. From his dynamic relationship with Gorilla Monsoon. Will you me. stop? Just wait a minute. We're on the air here.
5: But was this a joke? Yes, I know exactly what's going
1: on here. I had my dinner.
2: Why
5: don't
6: you be serious? To Bobby's controversial time with WCW.
4: Someone please tell us what is going on, please.
6: Relive the most outlandish
4: mama told to try to catch him, you miserable much. Not-
3: Winnie. Well, in Beverly Hills, I happen to know that my mailman right there is hunchbacked. i just carrying my mail. And unforgettable moments
6: that has shaped the brain's illustrious career. Bobby the Brain Heenan, available now.
2: We're out talk? of time. No. The victory! A.
3: Lincoln! Fortress! J- ah! In 65 years in the past, i on the civil war with my beard. Now I'm here to whoop your ass. I bred up on your back, you cure cancer with your tears. Well tell me, talk fuck up and never sat down and cried on your career. You're a washed up has been on TV selling total gems, and you're gonna- like you lost, return to the
4: dragon. I'll rip your chest hairs out. Put him in my mouth. I'll squash you like I squash us out. I never told a lie and I won't start now. You're a horse with the limp. I'll put you down. This isn't Gettysburg, punk. I'd suggest retreating.
3: For I invented rap music when my heart started beating Chuck Norris doesn't battle, he just allows you to lose My raps will pull your mind like a verbal John Hooks I've got my face on the side of a mountain You voted for John McCain I've got a bucket full of my
4: head And I'm about to make it rain You block bullets with your beer, I catch up with my skull I make fun of Walker, Tetris Ranger But I never even see that show I strong. am just fucking Norris I've spread more blood and gore than 40 score Of your puny civil wars, bitch I split the union with a roundhouse I wear a black belt on
2: the beard that I grow on my dick. I attack sharks when I smell them bleed. I don't go swimming, water just wants to be around me. My fists make the speed of light wish there was faster. You may have freed the slaves, but Chuck is everyone's faster.
4: It's time to stop the name-calling, the hurt, the bullying, because of race, creed, color, sexual orientation. It's time to treat everyone like you want to be treated. It's time. It's time. It's time to eliminate. Eliminate. Eliminate the hate.
5: Eliminate the hate.
4: Eliminate the hate.
1: Rated T for Teen. The greatest heroes from two worlds clash in a legendary battle.
6: Marvel vs. Capcom 3 Smash Hit. Available February
3: 15th. Pre-order now.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to show you how being a Wrestling News Live family member and diehard listener can change your everyday look on life. Example, here's the brand new commercial from Subway.
5: Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? (laughs) Sure. Great. Give me a melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Uh, I don't think this is working out.
4: Now let's replay that commercial and show you what Todd would have said to her had he been a member of the Wrestling News Live family.
5: Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me a milk. M- my mouth? Yeah, and your girlfriend now. Shit, yeah, bitch. Say how you think you are. Give me my sandwich back. Bitch, please. Be to give me some of that before you some of my sandwich Shit.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of how becoming a member of the Wrestling News Live family helps you live a better life.
5: Live Sunday February 20th only on Pay-Per-View Amigos, ¿qué pasa? My name is Armando Alejandro
0: Estrada,
4: and you're listening to the
5: SNS Radio Network. (laughs) Ha, ha.
3: As we're back right here on the SNS radio network unplugged with myself, Mr. Money on the mic, JJ sexy. And of course, I'm not doing this solo. I'm being joined by my cohort, the man who brings you the news each and every week right here on the program, headlocks to headlines.com. The fucking foreign kid is in the house. Chris Kelly. Have you seen on Twitter?
6: Doe Ziggler is selling the fat. He's been fired like a madman. If you go on Twitter, like he's posted about fifteen posts in the last minute, literally, said, like saying goodbye to the WWE universe, putting over people like Daniel Bryan. You know, this, this could turn him face. I think I think he could be a big face and probably go to uh, sorry, go, probably go to war.
3: You know what? It could. I, well, I mentioned this earlier before Luke Gallows came on. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the way they kind of ended this thing with Dolph Ziggler. He's been. Uh, You know, he's had some fantastic matches to kind of build him to the main event Uh, in recent months, even, you know, going back to the end of last year. He has really done a fantastic job of elevating himself into that main event pitcher. A lot of it, of course, uh, you can credit Vicky Guerrero for because she brings the heat, obviously. And um, he is one of those cowardly heels that takes advantage of the situation. Um, But having a match with Edge tonight... That lasted six minutes, and he was pretty much just jobbed out unmercifully. I don't think it's going to do him any favors. I really hope that he goes to Raw now, and he's away from SmackDown. He needs a change of scenery, and I hope that he can rebound from this and, and be a big star. Uh, you know, I know Trey has talked about him several times that he's his guy. I mean, that's that's his current pick to be a, to be a big star, and and I'm with Trey on that. I think that Ziggler could be a big star. I just question the way that they did things. I hope that there's some kind of payoff. I really do.
6: You know, I brought up the idea last week, and I thought I thought it would be better to have my idea, that the whole idea of them basically uh, like strip the Edge of the belt and then just and then not and then not have the match tonight, have it at, at the chamber. So have the have the match chamber for the belt. Because what 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 does it gain from being dropped out tonight? What well, does
3: it, what does Edge gain from getting? It's 12 victory. Aside from getting him fired from SmackDown and possibly taking him away from Bicky Guerrero, maybe that's the direction that they're headed. I mean, other than that, I don't see much build to it. As I mentioned earlier, I can think of a couple scenarios where a similar situation has happened. Yokozuna at WrestleMania nine, he beat Bret Hart in the main event. And then Fuji gets on the microphone and says that Yokozuna will challenge anybody because he's the best champion ever. And out comes, you know, Hulk Hogan. And two minutes later, after a leg drop, Hulk Hogan is the new champion. So you kind of had a situation like that. The only difference being Yokozuna actually beat somebody to become the champion in Bret Hart. Uh, Dolph Ziggler was basically handed this belt. So it's really a similar situation to what I said uh, in regards to Dean Douglas, where he won the title on a forfeiture and then was forced to compete in a match uh, against Razor Ramon, in which he lost, and Razor Ramon became the new champion. So we have a similar dynamic here, and we all know what happened to Dean Douglas shortly thereafter. He was gone from the company. So, to me, I-, I hope that Dolph Ziggler doesn't turn out to be Dean Douglas, version two, and and that's what I'm really worried about the direction that they're taking this.
6: I think I think it depends if they have a minor bank at this at this year's WrestleMania because I I know, I know it last time I checked they were planning one, and how awesome would it be for Dolph to win it at Mania and then catch it in. At WrestleMania, on edge or, or or whoever the champion is, and basically, and basically have have Ricky be the referee. So, uh, so after all's been done, they're back together and he's world champion.
3: I don't think they're going that route. I really don't.
6: Eh, we'll see. So, as we saw this Monday night, The Rock returned. Apparently, basically everyone apart from Man thought it was be Justin Bieber. On the script, the, like the script title was "Leave It to Bieber." And people backstage were told to basically tell Dirty that it was Justin Bieber. So when 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 the rock, when, when the rock walked out, everyone was shocked. And as you'd expect, every single backstage monitor was taken with talent, basically in awe of the 20-minute-long promo that went over the Raw's time limit. <laughs> now here's a...
3: wait 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 wait. Uh, Trey just sent me the best Ziggler tweet uh, tweet of the night, uh, and I quote. I will see all of you again somewhere, and now it's time to make an impact and spike someone else's ratings. You know me. (laughs) You know me. I'd rather be in Dixie. (laughs) Oh, that's fucking awesome. Uh, Unfortunately, the problem with that is uh, Dixie Carter probably literally thinks she's going to sign Dolph Ziggler to a contract.
6: That would be funny. Like, I I read that on Gochee tomorrow night. Breaking news: Dolph Ziggler off a contract by TNA wrestling, rejected because he's still on the the to WWE.
3: <laughs> that 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 is that is some good shit right there. Dolph Ziggler fucking on the Twitter, fucking with people because you know some radio show tomorrow or, or even right now, as we speak, is Oh, always going to TNA. He's going to TNA. He's fired. That's awesome. Uh,
6: he, if you're on YouTube or go on any given TNA website right now, there'd be a thread about a hundred pages long, coming up with ideas with Dolph Ziggler and how they tweak his name. Like I know Zod <sighs> oh, Ziggler. Ziggler, has just proven to me why he why he actually is a mastermind of the internet. Um, now, Raw got a
3: three point one average rating. Do you know what The Rock's promo got, his 20-minute promo got? Um, I heard somewhere around the neighborhood of like 5.7 million fans tuning in.
6: 5.7 million fans. The Rock brought in 2 million extra fans. Now, if you and I remember back to when Hulk Hogan took over TNA Wrestling, he promised that he would bring in 3 million fans. The Rock, who's been out of wrestling for seven years, comes back to WWE for one night and brings in 2 million fans. That just shows me... How much the rock is much bigger than Hulk Hogan?
3: Well, okay, let's let's be fair. Hulk Hogan hasn't been a big deal in professional wrestling since he left, or since he was booted out of WCW when Russo had taken over the roost. I mean, Hogan was was his fame was dwindling then. Hogan was a big name, say you know, ten fifteen years ago, the height of the NWO. Hogan was, was the man, okay? I mean, make no mistake about it. And his career had waned down, and he wasn't that big of a draw up until they did the whole NWO thing. And then Hogan was synonymous, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, with the New World Order, and it made him a, a huge name. But, I mean, bit was a name at that point for, like, 20 years. Hogan, as much as people love you still love Hogan, as much of a name as he has, it's not bringing in the mainstream that they need in TNA. Now, granted, it gave it a shot in the arm last year. It didn't help that they decided to go head-to-head with the WWE. That was a a bad decision. And Dixie Carter has, has made numerous tweets about that was a mistake. They should not have done that. But when you look at a guy like The Rock, who is still young and not really past his prime, I mean, why wouldn't he draw that? The Rock is equated to one of the most... Uh, influential booms in wrestling history. The Rock was one of the biggest stars in the Attitude Era. And for him to come back and get that kind of a rating speaks volumes. And it also says things about, uh, you know, the typical wrestling fans who might not enjoy the product anymore because, you know, their favorites like Stone Cold and The Rock are gone from the company. And, I mean, I really think that is the story as to why that helped out. Um you know you look at what rock's done in hollywood and i mean let's let's be real honest here his movies are not drawing very well i mean i don't i don't know if he's still working with disney or not but he's not doing so well you know as far as his movies are concerned i think he's going to do well with fast 5 when it hits theaters but he's kind of gotten out of that niche he's not that action star that we all thought he was going to be when he left the wwe the bottom line he is can't. he he comes into the company spikes a huge rating for them, and why wouldn't he? People on Facebook, on Twitter, on the social networking, the moment The Rock showed up on TV, the Internet melted down, and everybody that knew somebody that knew somebody that was a wrestling fan or used to be contacted that person and said, hey, The Rock is on Raw right now.
6: Well, you know what? There's still some hope for, for fan of opportunity wrestling the, Rock's, the Rock is only 38 years old. Now, if we go by TNA logic, use the main event at 70. So The Rock can still live his life
3: for another 20 years and still go to TNA Wrestling. The, the Rock will never go to... T- TNA Wrestling won't even be around when, when The Rock is, is old. Uh, I mean, first of all, I mean, let, let's be honest. I, I'm not trying to be a hater here, but TNA is not going to survive much longer. I, I give them five years. If they survive five well, years, I will eat my computer
6: they got a 1.1 rating this week.
3: You know, I, I wish them luck and I want them to succeed, but at some point, the network over at Spike is going to be like, you know what, this is not drawing.
6: Well, like, if you take, like, what, what did this week on Impact when they had the quote-unquote network forcing them to give away a pay-per-view quality match, and that's only got a 1.1 rating, what happens next week when they don't have this pay-per-view match, this big announced match for the fans to tune in for? Would it go back down to a one million rating, or go even lower? Things don't look bright for you today, but you know what? I, I do hope they can turn it around because there are quite a few decent talent there that I think can do well in wrestling. Um, speaking of great talent. Well, hang, hang on, before,
3: hang on before you go any further, Crowley. We actually have a call in. I want to find out what's going on. Uh, welcome to Unflugged. Who's this?
1: Hey, yo, guys. Uh, this is uh Lloyd calling from California.
3: Hey, Lloyd. What's on your mind, man?
1: Uh, not much. Uh. Uh, sorry, is this, uh,
3: JJ or, uh, Trey along with Crowley? Uh, it's JJ and, and Crowley's on the line, yeah.
6: Hello.
1: Hey, yo, Crowley, how
6: you doing? Uh, I'm good. Tired,
3: but I'll live. <laughs> damn it. I, um, I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, he said he'd live. I said, damn it. <laughs> I, was chan- I was, I was, I was channeling, I was channeling my inner Trey.
1: Oh. <laughs> All right, well, uh. From what I just heard, you guys are uh, talking about a TNA tra- or a, a JJ. You don't think they're going to be last? You you give them like five years? You think,
3: <laughs> dude? I I'd be surprised if they last five years.
1: Well, uh, a friend of mine actually brought this up. He he thinks that even if somehow, with the way it's been kind of going downhill, as bad as TNA could get, if they keep drawing the ratings, they have he does think they're like you know they're gonna. Uh, he think they're going to get dropped because of a uh, Spike. He thinks they will keep him around because they they are one of the higher highest uh, shows along with uh, I think UFC.
3: Well, yeah, I I'll give you that. I mean, Spike is built on Spike was built on professional wrestling. I mean, that used to be the uh, the the Nashville network. I mean, it used to have Dukes of Hazard and fucking roller derby on the station. You know, and it went through a lot of transition periods. It went through a lot of stuff, and it was built on professional wrestling. Now, when Vince McMahon in his infinite wisdom, decided to go back to the USA Network, Uh, it kind of left them high and dry until TNA came around and they thought, okay, we can do something with another wrestling company, and they want to compete. It was their idea to kind of take the show to Monday nights to compete because they want to get back at the WWE for leaving them high and dry. I mean, make no mistake about it, Spike has a vendetta against the WWE, and I really don't think that this is the product that's going to help them overcome them in any kind of ratings. You know, now they're bringing on this whole network thing. They're trying to implement the network once again. This is the second time that we've seen a network that was the same network implemented in a professional wrestling company. They did the same shit in ECW when it was on uh, the Nashville network. It was the network. Now we've got the network once again, and now it's the Spike TV network. But it's still the same network. Make no mistake about it. I I just think that if Ring of Honor was to get a television deal and started drawing better ratings than uh, than TNA Impact, they would be gone in a heartbeat. Spike would jump over there and pick them up without even hesitating.
1: Well, I I can see that. Um, you know, uh, uh, you you bring up the whole uh, network thing they're doing. I didn't get to watch, like, the uh, original ECW until I think, like, two weeks before they went out of business. So I didn't get to see the whole, you know, Cyrus uh, network thing. Um, but from when I first started watching TNA, like, I think maybe beginning of 06, I remember seeing just how fresh everything looked. And, you know, even though they were smaller back then, they still had a lot of quality, even though they had a smaller, uh, you know, like you know, they were smaller ratings-wise. Now that they're blowing up like into the millions, it's just surprising to see that, you know, five years ago, seeing how fresh everything looked, and like, oh, wow, this is cool. There's a lot of stuff I'm not seeing on WWE. And then flash, 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 flash forward five years later, you know, the ratings are up. And just like, oh, whoa,
5: what, what is this? What you guys have all this talent? What's going on?
3: <laughs> you know, I I honestly feel like TNA was a better product five years ago.
1: It, yes, it definitely, definitely.
3: And and to see, I mean, you know, when you're trying to grow a product and you're trying to uh, elevate new stars, it doesn't help when you bring in the established stars and you kind of hold the young talent back that's something that tna has done for a long time you look at their originals guys like aj styles christopher daniels as soon as uh christian came over aj styles was the biggest joke in that company as soon as kurt angle came over uh aj Styles still the biggest joke in that company christopher daniels pushed to the back burner samoa joe jobbed out to kurt angle every chance he got you look at what they've done with these established guys, the main event mafia which consisted of former WCW and WWE guys. They put them on the back burner and destroyed all their young talent so that the main event mafia could be viable. All the all the whole time they have completely taken their talent and shit on them. Now granted, they're trying to do something with this Immortal thing. Now they've got Fortune that are going to go up, you know, head to head against uh, Immortal. But I really think that it doesn't matter I mean, it doesn't matter what network is pushing you. You have to have viable storylines, and you have to have a direction. And the sad thing about TNA Wrestling, and this, you're talking to a guy who supported them, and Trey knows this, you know, I've supported this company from pretty much day one, and I have tried to defend them, and it just gets to the point where I can't do it anymore. I, I can't even watch the shows. I attempted to watch it this week. And between Hernandez nearly killing Douglas Williams and some of the stupid storylines they have, I really just don't have any interest in watching this show. And that's why I think it's not going to last longer. You're either going to kill off your fan base or you're going to kill your fucking wrestlers. I mean, Hernandez comes back after, what, six, seven, eight, nine months in Mexico, and he drops fucking Doug Williams on his head? Now, I mean, I know Doug had a hand in that, but Jesus Christ.
1: You know, I mean, the, the last time I had seen a, a, you know, someone take like a border toss like that, that like, I was really like, concerned about, it was actually uh, Gail Kim a few years ago, back when uh, America, America's Most Wanted was shooting with LAX. And I was just like, dang. But when I saw Doug on Thursday, I'm like, oh, jeez. I mean, that that was that's the second most recent... Yeah, near neck injury I've seen after what happened with uh, AJ and Stevie
6: Richards a few months ago.
3: Well, and let's let's not forget Jeff Hardy and, and Mr. Anderson when he gave him that chair shot.
6: Yeah, and then uh, if you think uh, a bit fur and if you think a bit further back, think of um, when Brooklyn the F five A train and A train basically bounced up his neck. That's what it kind of that kind of led me to a flashback of that and that was scary to watch both of them.
3: Listen, I I want to address something. I'm reading the chat room, and you know People are saying that they don't agree with my opinions. That's fine. I don't expect you to agree with me. That's what makes radio good. You don't have to agree with the statements that I'm saying. But from my standpoint, I'm going by what I'm seeing. And Gail Kim probably left because of that border toss. Uh, Doug Williams, you could noticeably tell when he landed that he landed on his head. He did not hit the back of his, his shoulders. He totally hit the back of his head. You could tell that when the referee went to check on him that he grabbed the hand and he could barely grip. So, I I mean, he may have suffered a stinger injury, which is similar to what Steve Austin suffered when uh, he was dropped on his head by the uh, pile driver from Owen Hart back at SummerSlam 97. Uh, Very serious. You know, when you train as a professional wrestler, as I have done you learn how to take falls properly. You learn how to work a style that is safe for both you and your opponent. And what I saw from Hernandez was not a safe working environment. Do you, do you think that's probably linked to the fact that you've been working in Mexico, and in Mexico
6: you're meant to better kill yourself in, with, with every other move? Uh,
3: you know what? I don't Good. know if that's the case or not. I just know that you know when you're in a, you're in a match with somebody... You're both going out there not to hurt each other. You're going to work safe, and you're going to make sure that you don't injure the other guy. There have been wrestlers that have never injured opponents, and then there's been guys that have injured everybody they've wrestled. Um, RVD. I I just, you know, RVD has a stiff style. Uh, When he first came into the WWE after the acquisition of WCW and ECW, he was stiff as shit. Every match he had, he would bust somebody open with those stiff kicks. Um, You know, you have different working styles. Obviously, in Japan, they're more stiff. But when you're throwing a guy halfway across the ring, I mean, there is that cause for danger. And I just, I thought that border toss was sick. I thought it was very, very careless. And I know he was playing up his gimmick when he walked up the ramp. But part of me wondered, did he even give a shit what he just did? Because despite the fact he was playing it off, I didn't really see a lot of emotion come from him. Like, like he was worried about it. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but it looked pretty fucking careless to me.
1: Uh, well, I'm gonna, well, I would certainly hope that's not the case. I mean, maybe maybe one of the parts where the camera's cut away, I'm pretty sure he had to, well, as discreetly as he could, I'm pretty sure he had to be uh, checking to at least make sure Doug was all right.
3: Well, I hope so. I'm pretty sure he probably did in the backstage area. But, but like I said, I, I don't expect people to, uh, to completely agree with everything. I know that you've got your... Uh <laughs> You've got your TNA supporters out there. My my uh, my tag team partner Trey Dog is probably the biggest TNA supporter, and he and I butt heads all the time over the product. And you know, I mean, it's just it's apples and oranges to me. Uh, I really don't compare that company to the WWE because it's it's apples and oranges. It's not the same company. It's nowhere similar in any way. Um, so you really can't compare the wrestling product when you think of those two companies. I mean, just it's apples and oranges.
1: Right. Yeah, I can I can see that it's it, it's it's getting a lot more noticeable, and unfortunately for them, i do not really think in a positive way.
3: I agree, but you know, I have a, uh, hang on to back to my original statement. Yeah, I if this company lasts another five years, I would be surprised.
1: Well, I I keep on saying I'm I'm hoping they can do it. I'm hoping they can turn it around. But every time I keep on every time I keep on seeing that one positive step forward, they're taking three negative ones back. It, it's just it's getting frustrating.
3: Enough. Exactly. I mean, you know, I, I don't tune in to watch a wrestling product to see a, a guy's ex-wife marry another guy and bring his kids into the equation. You know, uh, as a father, that's that's a situation I hope I'm never put in, but I kind of am, sort of put in that position because I'm married to a woman who had two kids prior to uh, to our child, and I have to deal with this from uh, the father of those two kids. So, you know, again, it's it's a real-life situation that they're playing out on TV and the kids are involved in it, and I don't agree with it. I just don't agree with what the product is doing. You don't need that. Right. And you don't need it in professional wrestling. I'm watching professional wrestling, not fucking general hospital, not one life to live, not days of our lives, and I don't need to see that.
1: Yeah, definitely, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I, even if whatever the rumors are, whether Curtis uh, –
3: Cool with this angle or
1: not? I mean, it's just you don't put kids out there for for that, for that, especially playing off of a real life angle, something that really happened.
3: Because I mean, I'll be real honest with you, man. If there was ever a situation, and you know, here's the here's the nail hit on the head right here, when Karen was talking to Jeff in their little vignette, and their little hot tub promo, where she says, "I'm so glad that Cody has you in his life because he has a positive role model." Fuck you. How dare you say that shit about Kurt Angle as a father? Whether it's scripted or not. I mean, that's wrong no matter how you slice and dice it. That's fucking wrong. It's
6: true. I'm
1: I'm 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 hoping it gets I'm hoping it just ended sooner rather than later cuz I I'm just it could it could go into as as hard as I believe it could go into worse areas if that's all possible.
3: Yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't know, man. I I think Russo as, as the booker needs to be gone. Uh, you know, again, I've said on numerous occasions, I'm not a fan of his. I don't think that he has done anything for this business other than to cause chaos. I mean, we're looking at the death of WCW. You have all those same components in play at TNA Wrestling, and that should tell you all that you need to know right there. That's
1: actually a, that's actually a pretty good comparison. Everybody's been calling TNA WCW 2.0 now. I mean, it died a long time ago, and apparently TNA is becoming the zombie of that. It's the same thing we're seeing, but it's just chugging along a lot slower now and just kind of mumbling along. And just sitting here like, just, just die again. It's going to get to that
2: point.
3: You know, I, you know, one day we're going to be watching TNA, and there's going to be this big simulcast that they're for sale. And Stephanie and Triple H are going to walk out on TNA television, and they've bought the fucking company. I, I shit you not. That will probably happen. Just so when Vince has his wrestling network, he has content to put on there.
1: Well, know, by that time, it might be uh, one of Stephanie or Triple H's kids.
3: Well, there you go.
6: But yeah, I got a bit yeah, of news, by the way. And what were you saying, Crowley? And, and I got a bit of news. Apparently, um, Heath Slater versus Dustin Gabriel versus Costino has been added to the pay per view this Sunday. Didn't they? Didn't they lose tonight by DQ?
3: They did, but uh they've won so many matches that they obviously are still getting a, a tag title shot, so I look for uh for them to take those titles from Costino. Sounds good. Uh
6: think, think
1: I might set up like uh them versus two of the guys out of Nexus for Mania?
3: I think so. I, I think you're you're gonna go forward with uh with a core versus Nexus kind of thing and I don't know. I'm just I'm not <laughs> I'm not a big fan of having two groups that pretty much are the same thing. I mean, you know, the core can sit there and say, oh, we have no definitive leader when you have Wade Barrett, who should be, by all rights, the leader of that group, going against CM Punk's Straight Edge Society version 2.0. I, I don't know. I, I just... Probably you will see some sort of tag team interaction at WrestleMania between the two.
1: That's true. Uh, one, one last thing on here, as far as uh, the chambers going, um, Yeah. With it, with it unfortunately looking like... Uh uh, Miz is going to be taking that title in a mania. I remember the last time I talked to you guys, I think the week or two before the Rumble, um, you, uh, JJ were the one who brought up the whole possibility of them probably bumping up, uh, tough enough by maybe having them, having Miz defend against Morrison. And from the fact that they had Punk do the whole setup by spraying Morrison in the eyes and them having Morrison show the more aggressive side, it's looking more and more like that's, that that might be what happens.
3: You know what? I I would love to see that happen, but uh, I might shock some people here. I I actually think that given the the push that Jerry Lawler's getting, I think he's going to actually beat The Miz at the Elimination Chamber. I I really think, whether it's a short-term run or not, I think Jerry Lawler is going to be the champ. And I would love to see a situation arise where John Cena does not win the Chamber match and maybe even John Morrison... Gets the uh, gets the title shot. He wins the Elimination Chamber, and at some point down the road before Mania, uh, Miz gets his rematch with Lawler and takes it. And there's your setup right there. I think that would be fantastic. I think it would be great. I mean, obviously, if they're hinting toward, uh, and I know every, everybody's chastising and everybody's talking about the fantasy booking, and you know, there's all these radio shows. Oh, The Rock's not going to wrestle. I'm still of the mind that why do you bring him in just to guest host WrestleMania when you bring him on national TV? He says, and I quote, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here for good. And he comes down and runs down both The Miz and John Cena. If you don't have a payoff, then why did you just humiliate your two biggest guys on Raw by having The Rock just destroy them in a promo? I I just, I don't, know where they're going with this, but unless you have Rock and Cena, which by all means should main event the pay-per-view and could be a big moment for John Cena getting that torch passed, which is what he needs more than anything right now, I don't see what the harm is in putting Miz and Morrison in the main event for that title.
1: Right. Yeah, well, heck, even just the, the one of the biggest breath of, breaths of fresh uh, air will just, seen if Cena isn't heading into Mania in a world title match of some sort.
3: Exactly, because every title match they've had since 05, John Cena at WrestleMania has been involved in. And again, if you want to establish the new stars, then WrestleMania is also the place to do it. I mean, obviously, uh, they're going to crown Alberto Del Rio champion more than likely. So why wouldn't you go ahead? And yeah, I mean, the rumors going around right now is it's going to be Edge and Alberto Del Rio. And by all the creative reports that I have read... They are aggressively going to push Alberto Del Rio to world heavyweight championship status. He is going to beat Edge for that title.
6: Yeah, uh, that's, I, that's I what do. I've heard. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Oh, apparently, really. no, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say apparently, and this was my news article. Apparently, there are plans to turn the match between Alberto Del Rio and Kofi Kingston at, at at the chamber to a title match and have and have Alberto win the belt. So that mania be. World heavyweight champion is Intercontinental title in, in, a top, in a title unification match and have and have both have both belts
3: and then of course he'll he'll obviously uh, they'll have to forfeit the Intercontinental title when they do that and they'll have a tournament you know more than likely but yeah all roots are pointing to the fact that Alberto Del Rio is going to uh, to be the guy come WrestleMania and you know I think that's good I think they need that uh, they need him over on the SmackDown brand as their top heel. And for him to be champion, that's great. You know, they they signed Mystico, who is arguably probably the top talent in Mexico for over the last five years. So with him coming into the company and probably going to take over Rey Mysterio's spot, um, I could see a lot of great things, especially for the Latino people, with both Alberto Del Rio and Mystico on the SmackDown brand.
6: Well, how long before they have Alberto Del Rio versus Mystico? Because... By all reports, Alberto uh, DeVito is happy with him being there because he thought he would be the only big Mexican star. And by having two of them there, that takes kind of the shine off him.
3: But see, that doesn't make any sense to me because he's obviously going to be the heel. And you totally need to have that, that face. I mean, obviously, we, we've seen it played out with Rey Mysterio. Rey's knees are about to explode. I mean, the guy can't even walk properly because he's had, what, 20 surgeries on both of his knees. Um, again, having a top face that he competes with is not a bad thing. I mean, unless Alberto Del Rio gets lazy and doesn't want to have competition, I mean, then, then we got a problem, but I think him and Mystico are going to be big deals by the end of the year. I'd be surprised if Mystico was in by SummerSlam.
6: Yeah. And, and as Marco, uh, or, oh, okay, Mark Dindrak said, uh, a few weeks back, the Mexican market for wrestling
3: is massive. And Absolutely. Stars. Absolutely.
6: So, having two Mexican stars within the world top picture that would be huge range for them in Mexico.
3: I agree so Lloyd is there anything else my friend
6: um yeah nothing I can think of at the moment uh,
1: hopefully I can get on next week if there's any other new topics coming up uh, and you know I just want to say thank you for uh, taking my call I'm training to be a wrestler myself I didn't know you did that uh, JJ but it's cool to get a lot more uh, more insight uh, information on someone else who's uh, been doing that so thanks for taking my call uh Krelly, thanks for uh, sharing some of the news, and uh, hopefully I can talk to you guys next week.
3: Anytime, man. You're right, always man. welcome.
1: All right, take care, guys.
3: Peace. All right, Lloyd. Thanks. Peace. All right, Crelly. So, what else is going on in the news that we should uh, we should address?
6: Well, they are, they are now currently taping the first few weeks of Tough Enough. Uh, a few people. Uh, what like, well, it not announced? What yes, what what the first person to anna- the, the first person they announced as Tough Enough is Miss USA 2010. What no, I, I I Miss who, who USA? I
3: what? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who is she? <laughs> I don't know who she is. No, I well I, I do know who she is, but the fact that she's on tough enough—that's that's pretty funny. Do we have anybody else yeah. that has been named in Tough Enough, or just, just her?
6: No, but people that like who who have not been like who were unsuccessful in applying include Austin Aries. That's a shame. Uh, Mercedes Mercedes, uh, Mercedes M- 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 Martinez who's a good wrestler. She's awesome. Joe Ryan, uh, Brittany Ryan, and DJ Maverick.
3: Uh, no, it's JD Maverick. Ah, whatever. And, you know, the thing about JD Maverick, I, I've actually worked shows with him, and uh, he's a pretty cool guy. I mean, for those of you that don't know, he uh, he actually is Canadian. And he, uh, I think he's been in a long-term relationship with, uh, with April Hunter there for a while. Um, but JD Maverick used to wrestle... Only independence is J.D. Michaels. And his gimmick was pretty much uh that he was a Shawn Michaels esque kind of character. Uh when he went to I guess I've dropped Krelly When he went to Developmental. Are you still there? Okay. When he went to Developmental, he had brought the JD uh Michaels character and they they told him we already have this character, he's called Shawn Michaels. So he's been in OVW for a while and uh went through the name change JD Maverick. He's not a, a real big guy, but uh, he's in good shape. He's not bad in the ring. And to not see him come up and tough enough, I, I think, is a mistake because I think he's got a lot of potential.
6: Yeah, and like guys like Austin Aries, good Vesta. Austin,
3: Austin Aries is a guy that I really enjoyed in TNA. When he was the Austin star, um, you know, I've had an interview with Aries before back in the old WTR days, and uh, he was a, back in 05. And he was a great guy to, uh, to talk to. Um, he's somebody that I would love to see get a little bit of success. And it, it, again, it's a shame that he's not a part of that, uh, that Tough Enough core group. I, I'm really curious to find out who actually made the cut.
6: And I'm quite shocked sure that they didn't pick up Mercedes Martinez. Because I've been watching a, bit, a few of her matches. And she's not, she's not actually a bad wrestler. So it's quite surprising that they didn't pick her up.
3: Hmm. Interesting.
6: Now, is it a corner line, or am
3: I just hearing feedback? I think you're just hearing feedback, because I think it's just you and me.
6: Ah, that, that's good. So, um, now, there's been quite a bit of, um, news regarding who was meant to be the original demo manager of Raw. According to a former WWE writer, uh, the original idea was to have, uh, was to have Triple H be, be revealed as the GM. But now, since they brought back The Rock, Apparently, the, the GM will be Vince McMahon, and they will have kind of a flashback to the era at WrestleMania with, with a possible stay-down between See, The Rock and
3: McMahon. You know what? See, that, that that just doesn't work for me. I mean, look, here's the thing. Vince McMahon, when this first happened and we had this anonymous GM, I, I literally, I don't know if I said it on Sunday Night Showdown or what show it was on. probably was Sunday Night Showdown. I literally said... It's going to be McMahon before it's all over with. And if you can't come up with anything better than Vince McMahon, then you may as well keep it anonymous from now on. Because I tell you what, I'm okay with the whole anonymous GM. I don't even really care who it is at this point. But I don't think it should be Vince McMahon.
6: Well, it, if they have it at Triple H, right, and we saw those those uh, those female legs walking on the wall, people have been asking if it would be, like, have, have Stephanie return and have him kind of do the... Uh, Hunter Helmsley era, kind of have, have Trish be the, be the GM and have Stephanie run, run around with, with some kind of power like that and kind of have them run roughshod overall.
3: I'd rather see Shane come back and be there.
6: But Shane's busy uh, in Japan doing something that I can't remember right now. <laughs> but yeah, back, yeah, by the way, something I've got to mention about Tough Enough, apparently Tough Enough will only last seven weeks so that, that's just no isn't that shorter than NXT
3: it is seven weeks
6: so it'd be interesting to see what they do because they, cause bear in mind they have tough enough NXT and a diva search going on at the same time
3: which is overkill so, um, it's totally overkill
6: yeah do we really need like I, I get the idea that, that they want content every single day but the concept of NXT diva search and tough enough is the same so it'd be interesting to see what happens uh Apparently, Evan Bourne is four to six, four to six weeks away from recovery. He's been out out of action ever since being injured by CM Punk a few months back. Uh, now let's head over to TNA to Wrestling, and there's two wrestlers that are right now hating on the internet in general. One being Matthew Hardy, the other being the Amazon, being uh, uh, I was the Amazon, the giant six foot nine chick from NXT that got fired for doing.
3: Oh, no. Wait, are you telling me that they have backstage heat, both of them?
6: Yes. Oh, no.
3: Matt Hardy has heat in a wrestling company? Oh, my God. The Twitters must be on fire. The dirt sheets (laughs) must all be wrong. We're all sinners. We're all going to hell. It's all bullshit. Matt Hardy didn't do anything wrong. He's innocent. Fuck off apparently the uh apparently obviously
6: Amazon up upset the whole entire locker room, the whole Diva locker room by like acting like a big star when just back there. So me being me, I actually uh I actually stri- I straight up asked her on Twitter. Uh if 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 she had if she had, had any heat and she replied I don't even pay attention to, to dirt sheets. That's because oh so they're there because uh because because uh, average people live, living their average lives, boring lives, need targets for, for movement. I'm not going to put them over. I don't want to talk about them, and I don't give a fuck what they say. Well, you do, because you take your time to read them.
3: Well, let's see. Um, hmm. She obviously made a bad decision when she was with the WWE, so much so that she didn't even make it to primetime TV, and they replaced her at the last moment. Hmm. Is it possible? Is it feasible? Do you think maybe there is some truth to that? Uh, Gee, let's go with the track record. What do you think, Bob? I think the answer is ding, 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 ding. We've got a winner here. Absolutely, fucking lutely she's got heat because she's not a star. Now, granted, she is big, and and obviously she wrestles on the independents, but you can't just stroll into a company and think, I'm the biggest star here. Fuck off. Matt Hardy pulled Even the look, same shit. Oh, it's because me and Jeff that TNA's fucking doing the greatest ratings it's ever gone. No, Matt, it's not. It's not because you and Jeff.
6: But the thing, the thing with Matt Hardy, he flips out the most. He flips out, out the most easy thing on Twitter. If someone tweets him, you suck. He'll go on a massive, like, a massive rant towards them. Like I spoke to Matt Hardy. Uh, when was it? Last year. In, in the last year. And he's not a bad guy, but I think he takes Twitter too seriously. Like he takes it appears that he, he takes everything on Twitter as deadly serious. Like if you say to him, "Oh, you suck, or you have heat," he will literally rip you a new asshole. Twitter form.
3: Just like when uh, they said he was sent home from the fucking trip, uh, when he was still with WWE, he did the fucking YouTube video where he's still in the hotel room. Well, that doesn't mean shit. They sent you home from the tour. Obviously, you're still in your hotel fucking doing that shit, but you're not working the tour. It's the same fucking thing. He just wants to think he wants to go out there and work the internet because he thinks it's cool. I'm someone who has extended the olive branch and tried several times to get Matt Hardy to come on any of the shows on this network and I've been met with no responses. But yet he uh, talks but hold on, hold on. Yet he talks about how the internet wrestling community and the dirt sheets fear him. Motherfucker, I don't fear you. You fucking fear me because you don't fucking respond to me.
6: Yeah. Like I spoke to Matt Hardy in in last year, and I and I go and I go, I go to him. Say, Matt, how how about we have an interview? He goes, Yeah, I'll do it. I I asked for an email, didn't get one.
3: I guarantee you, Krelly if he was on WNL, if he was on Unplugged, if he was on Sunday Night Showdown, it would be a five minute interview because I'd piss him off and he'd fucking hang up. Because I'd call him on this his is, bullshit.
6: This is possibly possible. Now let's go from one Hardy to the other. Can you guess what I'm going to say regarding Jeff Hardy and a drug trial?
3: Yeah, apparently he's got another continuance. Again, people. Again. Once again. But this time, it's because his attorney was sick and wasn't there. So, because his attorney wasn't there, we've decided to push it back till March. And then when the court date happens in March, it'll be pushed back till, I don't know, April or May. I'm starting to think at this point in time that Jeff will actually start drawing Social Security before this case is wrapped up. He will literally give the belt to his kid <laughs> when he serves his jail time because that's when this damn case is going to go to trial. We have an old saying where I'm from, shit or get off the pot.
6: So I think it's now clear. If you guys want to go commit mass, mass crimes, go to Cameron, North Carolina, and you'll get where scot has got
3: Come to Canberra, North Carolina and get busted for drugs and they'll make you a motherfucking superstar.
6: Now, my one last bit of news. It's quite not possibly a spoiler, but apparently ODB has re-signed with with TNA Wrestling. Bam! Which is quite quite interesting considering her interview she did with WL a few months back saying that she was tired of the,
3: the, the bullshit backstage. Well, I'm sure when she signed her contract, she ended it with BAM! Which is cool, because she ends up with everything. I love ODB. And you know what? If she did sign with a company, good for her. I mean, I want to see her working somewhere. And I'm sorry if you feel like I'm being harsh, Flair. Again, I'm stating my opinions. You don't have to agree with them. But I call it like I see it. And I call it right down the middle. I don't fucking sugarcoat the bullshit. Mm.
6: So do you have any more news? Because I really have no more wrestling-based news. But I do
3: have some gaming news. No, that, that's pretty much it. But uh, if you have gaming news, save that. We're actually going to bring uh, the sensational Sean, who's listening oh. to the program now. This would be his cue to call. So, Sean, if you're listening, go ahead and call in, and we'll go ahead and break down the gaming segment, uh, and of course, take some phone calls and find out what's on the minds of everyone here tonight. Since I'm obviously pissing people off left and right in the chat but
6: room, I do I do need help with by by listeners, right? As you know, at college, I'm doing a gaming course. And I'm in the process of actually creating a game that might possibly be released in 2012 or 13. And I have to do market research. Ah, oh, I see. And I, ha- and I have to actually um, get research from gamers and basically get their preferences. So I've got two surveys out uh, that... Are on on SurveyMonkey, Monkey. So if the listeners or people in the chat room want to do them for me, it'd be quite cool because I could use it in my project, and I would probably have to credit some of you guys when I actually create the game in a year or so. So if you guys want to do it in the chat room, I'll try and post it in the chat room. If not, just hit me up on Facebook Chris Kelly or Twitter h2hcrellie or email me chrisk is mad or all one word at hotmail dot com and I'll send you the uh, survey. So I can actually get this done because once i got this done, I can actually work flat out on, a, flat out on actually doing the game.
3: So you know what? I'm uh, We're going to go to the phone lines. We actually have the sensational Sean joining us on the line. Sean, before you actually say anything, I was just going to make reference to what I just read in the chat room that uh, apparently Flair and uh, Flair 16 Time, who's going to be guest hosting on WNL this Monday night alongside myself and, of course, the Tray Dog for the big... Two twenty-one eleven. He obviously uh, won the Royal Rumble listener roulette, and is cashing in his prize to co-host the show on Monday night. If you guys think you're going to run the train on me and argue TNA all night, that's fine. You can think whatever you want. I'm not getting shut down, so we'll have fun with that.
6: Well, well, well. His thing. you know what? I'm. I will actually be around for 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 once for for WNL. Now the cool so
3: thing. I might have
6: to make my. My long-awaited return to be now. Cool. Well, with that said, Sean, are you with us?
7: I believe I'm here. Can y'all hear me? We can hear you. Yep. <clears throat> Good. I'm using new. I bought a new headset tonight, basically because I forgot my old one at the house that I usually use. So, so I've got a so twenty-dollar mic, sir.
3: So. Oh, okay. So I, I just I need to ask the question. Would okay. would that headset be the sequel to the one that's oh, been God, broken? you really? <laughs> It, w- it would be The Replacement or The Sequel, right?
7: Actually, I have a new nickname on my debut for myself. Okay. I'm going to call myself now The Sensational Sequel.
3: I like it. The Sensational Sequel. He's the sequel to The Sensational, Sean.
7: And if Charles Shane comes comes on and starts crapping me on that, we're going to have a conversation.
6: And, and the Sean, phone's ringing. No, I have I'm a just question. Kidding. Oh, God, what? Oh God. No, no, it's a, it's a game quick question. Are you a fan of the Fable series? I am... Yeah, I am. Okay, did you prefer? Did you prefer Fable One, Two, or Three?
7: I mean, I played them all, so I mean, uh, didn't really matter to me. They all played the same, really.
6: Because the person that, oh, sorry, the, a person that worked on Fable One and Two who didn't work on Number Three, I was recently in contact with, and I'm not sure this has been confirmed elsewhere. So this could be breaking news here on on, on Unplugged. Fable Four is being created.
7: It's being made. Um, in all honesty, I've... dude, I don't, I don't doubt it, um, because Peter Molyneux, P- Peter Molyneux, even claimed that they're going to create a uh, entire franchise out of the entire Fable mm. series. Um And yeah. supposedly, the the next one's supposed to have connectability. So um, yeah. It is. So like I've I said, seen... I mean, when it comes out, w- when they announce it, they'll probably announce it. Uh, E3 is coming up in a few months, so I mean, when, if they announce it, they will either announce it there. Uh, the Tokyo Game Show is in September. Um, Dice is coming up. Well, not Dice. Um, GDC uh, just happened, so they didn't announce it then. So I mean, we'll see what when they announce it. But I'm pretty sure they're gonna announce it this year.
3: Cause suckers gotta because... know.
6: <laughs> because I, I'm not much. I'm not much of a fan, but I got to see quite a few storyboards and concept art and it looks pretty kick-ass. So any, any fan of Fable uh, Fable series we just broke some news worldwide here, here on, on Unplugged. Yeah, it's yeah, just I
3: Peter more than you and I am working on Fable 4.
6: He's got
7: to be one of the most one of the most people one of the only one of the people I know i got to figure out how to make this statement really well known. Um, one of the only people I know of that's really got a big ego. I mean, he's got a huge ego and thinks that all of his games are the best games ever. I mean, I'll claim it. They're really good games, but they're not the best.
3: Let me clarify. My ego is so huge, I had to kill Milo to work on Fable 4.
7: Oh, my lord. I miss Milo. Milo was cool. But Milo paved the path to Kinectimals. That's basically what that is.
3: That's true. So rather than seeing some freaky little kid, we get to see freaky little animals. I love it.
7: Right. I mean, just look at the um, the backgrounds are the same for Connectimals and Milo. So, I mean, it's crazy.
3: True that. So, we did have a, a release this week, I believe.
7: Marvel vs. Capcom 3, if I remember.
3: I've not played it yet.
7: Um, I've heard some good things and I've heard some bad things. Um, a lot of people have said it's a really big button masher. Like, if you really uh, want to play it and you have somebody who can just mess the buttons, then it's not going to be fun for you. But other people have said it's a really good game. It's a lot of fun. A wide variety of characters to play on. Um, I myself haven't had a chance to play it. I'm still waiting uh, for the chance to get it from Gamefly. But, I mean, with the the games that are coming out in a few weeks, I mean, next week we've got some major releases. Let me pull up my Gamefly account real quick and uh, see what we got coming out. But, I mean, we've got... Dragon Age Two was coming up. That's oh, looking.
3: Oh, and I cannot wait for some Dragon Age Two. I, I might actually finish my Dragon Age One. I haven't beat it yet, and I haven't played it in like six months. So I might crack it open this weekend and play some more and beat the game. I am totally looking forward to some games
7: Gamestop, um, away because pirated copies of the so they say when you play. Pretty much, Crowley's waiting for that. And uh, Bullet Storm is also next week. Bullet Storm is has already been claimed, has has already started to claim the worst shooter of this year. So we're going to see if they actually keep that title or not.
3: That's crazy. Rodriguez says that uh, you can export your character over to the second one.
7: I haven't. I'm not sure. I actually, actually, it. no, no,
3: that's that that's not right. That because your actual character that you are going to be playing as is a character named Hawk that you create either male or female, human. You don't get classes like you did in the last one. So no, it, it actually won't revolve around that same character. It's going to be something totally different. In fact, it'll actually take place, parts of it, will take place during your first campaign in Dragon Age. So you might actually have interaction with people that were in your party. Um, but no, that's that's not right. That's not right at all. It has nothing to do with uh, with your base character from Dragon Age 1.
7: Yeah, I, I, um, I restarted my Dragon Age character because it's been so long since I played and I just didn't really I really couldn't remember how to play so I decided you know what I'm going to recreate and I have and I've actually um, been re-enjoying it re-enjoying my game um, as I replay the game it's uh, a lot of fun so far so I mean I'm hoping I know I won't be able to beat it in the time that the sequel is coming out I mean the sequel comes out and it's not even on my list. Wow. Uh, it's not that long until the sequel comes out. So I'm kind of, I guess we'll be seeing how long it can be.
3: Um, Ashley in the chat sent me a message. The GDC Expo show is February 28th through March 4th. So you'll probably get a lot of game reveals there. That is,
7: I, I completely screwed up. Uh, thank you, Ashley, for that. I really, I thought GDC had already happened. Uh, something But di- uh, a co- conference did happen, and I can't remember which one it is. So um, I'll have to go back and re-look up what I've been
0: reading.
3: Um, Trey is sending me a private message as well. Hang on a second. Let me pull this up. Oh, um, God. He has a question. I've been putting my character. Obviously, he's talking about SmackDown vs. Raw. The Trey Dog character that's up on Xbox Live. For those of you that have Xbox, you can download myself, Charles Shane, Crelly, Sean, uh, the Trey Dog and various other members of the uh, the now-defunct SCWE fed. Um, <laughs> so I have a question. I've been putting my character into matches with the Intercontinental Champion, Kofi Kingston, and main eventers like Taker and Show and Ray, yet I'm four pay-per- pay-per-views in and still never get put into the TV taping roster. Um, tell you what, Trey, here is the best thing you can do. Uh, obviously, I do a lot of things... As far as forums go, I I like to go over and search, uh, surf the forums at cause.ws, you know, one of our sister sites here on the SNS radio network. Um, And there was a post made regarding the universe mode that simplifies everything when you think about it. I I can't believe I didn't think to do this, but uh, this poster, and it escapes me off the top of my head who did it, But there is a thread in there that that basically tells you one of the easiest ways to go through universe mode is to literally do what you want with either Raw or SmackDown. So you you build your stable of people that you want on, say, either Raw or SmackDown. Or if you want both, that's fine. But what you're going to have to do is go into the uh, My WWE, and you're going to have to manually set everybody how you want them. Um, For example, with your Trey Dog character, say if you downloaded Myself, and uh, horseman and hernandez as you know we're the elite we would be heels you would want to make us your top competition we would be your enemies you'd want to bring in other main event guys or whatever that you'd want to feud with uh, as your enemies you have like five people on either allies or enemies that you can uh, edit and put who you want in there so you need to go through and do your whole roster like that and once you start doing that the game, it's still going to kind of mess up a little bit. The game is still going to correct things and do what they want to do. But for the most part, you know, if your main enemy is say Triple H, then you're going to start into a program with Triple H. He's going to start interfering in your matches, and this is a good way to start building yourself up. If you are playing uh, and your character is not on a show, then if it's not a title match, insert your character into that show and have a match and build yourself up in th- those rankings as well. Um, there's just a whole thing that you can go and look at over at cause.ws that'll kind of help you along with universe. I've noticed that since I've done that, I've seen more cutscenes. So you have to really go in there. And I believe Marcus was even telling us back when we had him on the cause cast last year that you really have to do a lot of maintenance in that universe mode to make it work right. I hope that in the next installment, it's not as tedious, but you really have to work to get your character up there. And once you get that going you should always be pretty uh, pretty close to the top of the line if you're the champion. So that's what you need to do. Edit your settings, save it, and go that route. And that's what's really going to get you the mileage on SmackDown versus Raw that you're looking for.
7: You know, since we are talking about the characters, um, I downloaded, I'll claim it, I downloaded myself, I downloaded uh, JJ, I downloaded Corelli, I downloaded Trey, I downloaded Heff. I've downloaded Charles Shane, and I've downloaded... Um, one other person, and you know it's hilarious because I wanted to face Curly in my first match as my character, my first match completely as the the SCW character, and Curly comes out faking a ar- arm injury, and who comes out after him? JJ. So my fucking first match isn't against Curly, it's against JJ. Fucking forget. In a kid. last man standing first blood match. Oh, well, last man standing match. Second match was a first blood. Nice. So. Krully was out and JJ took his place. Really?
6: Yeah, apparently as so. L- as long as JJ won, I claim more victory.
7: <laughs> no. JJ lost. I uh I put him through the announcer's table at the end and uh he stayed down for 10.
3: Wow. You know, it's funny. I when I went on Xbox Live today, um I had a new ranking. I I'm now up to jobber status because people are downloading my created characters ever since we pimped it out on the Coscast. so as as more people start downloading those characters my my rank goes up which is kind of cool i didn't know that but that, that's pretty fucking cool
7: i'll keep uh i've got all the characters unless you keep um unless you keep updating moves and stuff like that i'll keep downloading them as much as i can so i love my character by the way red face paint the white face paint looks awesome
3: yeah, I, I literally I I was thinking about that the other day with all the sting hysteria. I kind of gave you an offshoot of the sting makeup. It's it's different. It's not a complete ripoff of sting. But I like how I was able to take the uh that one design for the eyes and had it go into the uh into the imprint where the mouth is, you know, like the, the Joker smiley face. Yeah. And turn that face paint into the, the same stuff that's going over your eyes so it looks like it's connected. I just thought that was brilliant. I was like, man, that is that is awesome. It's good stuff. So if you are looking for these characters on Xbox Live, you can look under the tags SCWEFed, Fed, SNS Radio Network, or possibly even Cause.ws. And one of those three should bring you uh, up to par with everybody.
7: So I've got a little bit of news I'd like to jump into if possible. Go for it. Um, uh, first one coming up, uh, we all know about the new Mortal Kombat game coming out this year. Um you Finish did you ever him. see Oh my. Did you ever see the uh the trailer, the live action trailer they they pitched, they were trying to make it into a movie, but they didn't get the uh the approval for it. Toasty you know which trailer I'm talking about there?
3: I do, the live action one where they the guy had basically reimagined the whole Mortal Kombat franchise where like Reptile was like a fucking serial killer with yep. some kind of fucking skin disorder or some shit and Johnny Cage gets killed and Sub-Zero is being or is a Scorpion is being talked to by Jax and Sonya. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: Apparently, that's ter- be- being turned into a live action series. Um it's going to be a 6 episode series and Jerry Ryan, who was Sonya Blade and Michael J. White will be reprising their roles. Michael J. White was Jax. Um
3: it's official. You suck.
7: But apparently, a lot of people... I mean, this this one looked re- really good. And they're going to try and make them available uh, in spring. Supposedly around the April 19th release of the new Mortal Kombat game. Babality. So, I mean... What was that? Babality. Yeah, I'm glad that they cut those out. Friendship? No more, <laughs> no more of those, either.
3: Animality.
7: I would have liked to see seen that one again. But. Brutality.
3: Are you having fun? I am. I, I love. I love the Mortal Kombat franchise. Fucking love that shit.
7: Yeah, I'm kind of glad they're taking it back to what the original really was—is blood and gore. I mean, there was
3: some there was some screenshots
7: and there was some videos they brought they brought out where if you really hit a hard move, you'll they'll actually go into X-ray mode and show you breaking bones. Um, one I actually just saw was the new Sabat um, trailer uh, where a shadow comes up and holds. <laughs> a person, and uh, Noob Sabat goes in oh. and kicks her in the stomach, and her rib, you can just watch her ribs crack and break. I mean, it was really cool to actually see that.
3: I'm just reading the chat room, and TM Bronx says, sexuality, yeah, that's where you actually take Sonya Blade, bend her over, and have your way with her.
7: He just posted another one, TM Bronx, in, in the chat room, says, virginity, you don't get an aid.
3: Yeah, that's most people that play games.
7: <sighs> supposedly.
3: Supposedly, supposedly. But, you know, hey, those guys are rich, right? The, the guys that start off computer programmers, they when they're oh, rich, yeah. they can lay anybody they want, so it, it's all good.
7: That's right, just like at Bill Gates. Um report coming out. THQ has formed a new company or a new offset. Um apparently they're naming it after a very popular eighties TV show hit. Do you wanna take a guess at what it might be?
3: Duh, dun duh, dun duh, dun duh, dun duh, dun duh, dun 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 Dun, da, da, da. Oh damn!
7: Um, how about Voltron?
3: Oh, I was thinking just the good old boys, never meaning no harm. Beats all um, you been in. I don't know. Beats all you ever saw been in trouble with the laws. Is it that it was bone?
7: Uh, according to the article, the titles will be published by THQ, which has secured the exclusive ability to do so from the Rights World Holder, Rights Holder World Events production. Um, basically. Uh Voltron is coming out as a new T V show, Voltron Force. And they're basically, um they have the ability to create the games now.
3: Wow, that's cool. Voltron. So who would have thought?
7: THQ is um finally getting smart a little bit.
3: <laughs> wow. I'm I'm sure that many of the representatives that work for that company would say they've been smart for a while there, Sean.
7: <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're smart because of look at their new logo.
3: Ladies, really? and, ladies and gentlemen, the statements made by the Sensational Sequel do not necessarily reflect those of the rest of the SNS radio network.
7: I don't care. Um, really, I mean, you got to change that logo. That logo sucks completely. I'm sorry. Nope. That's just my feeling on that.
3: But it's their logo, and they're going to stick with it. So there you go.
7: Yeah. Um. There's actually going to be a new web series starting up based on a game we just discussed, um, Dragon Age. Uh, there's a... It's basically going to be called Dragon Age Redemption uh, web series. Uh, and one of the stars going Felicia to be Felicia
3: Day, buddy. Felicia Day. Fel, I actually watched the trailer today. Felicia Day. That's awesome for her.
7: How's it look? I haven't had a chance to see the trailer yet.
3: It looked pretty kick-ass, man. I like it. I'm...
7: I'm looking forward to actually getting a chance to take a look. Um, I'm lo- I'm very interested to see how they're doing. How they're going to go along with that. Um, some really not cool news that just came out is a report that Rare is replacing all their full-time artists with contractors. Um, what? They re- reduced their current art department of 42 employees to 23. And of those 23 full-time employees... Supposedly, 20 of them have already taken very generous voluntary redundancy packages and will fill out new managerial positions, which basically make them contractors. They've they've just really killed off a lot of their art staff, but nothing against Rare, but they really haven't done anything game-wise in a long time.
3: Not since Goldeneye. Or Perfect Dark. (laughs) Or Con, Or Banjo-Kazooie
7: yeah they're really under microsoft now basically um just doing their stuff i mean the uh the avatars were all rares doing they basically created every single one of the avatars i'm looking i'm looking to see what's really going to happen there and it should pop out and say and they'll pot, ho- hopefully they are creating some games i mean i'd love to see them come out and say hey we're doing a new new um some a new game it's this Uh, this is how it looks. And, I mean, who knows? This could be they're they're trying to get back into the games. But I don't think they will with Microsoft being in control.
3: Uh, You know what? That that kills me because I used to really like that company. You know, uh, I thought that, quite frankly, Rare was one of the best companies out there, you know, at the time. You know, given... Some of the games they put out, obviously, like GoldenEye, the stuff they did in the arcades with uh, one of my favorite games of all time, fucking Killer Instinct. I mean, you can't go fucking wrong with Killer Instinct. Yeah. I mean, that game was just... That was ahead of its time. Big time. Ahead of its time.
7: Yeah, I'm just really curious as to how that's going to work out. Um, Telltale, uh, the game company which creates... uh, Has just started creating the Back to the Future adventure games. Has come out and said they're creating...
3: Go ahead. What is Sorry. that? You'll find out in a second. Just keep just keep going.
7: Okay. Um they are creating a Walking Dead
2: <laughs>
7: and a Fables uh, game with adaptions from Telltale. Well, fast, part.
3: Yeah. I just wanted to jazz it up a little bit. That's that's the Killer Instinct music, man.
7: I was like, this sounds familiar, but I don't really think um, If you don't know what Fables is, Fables is a, uh, a, con- a graphic novel which is a darker version of basically like the Brothers Grimm stories um, and covers a lot of ace-up Ace tales, ace-up fables and all that. I'm kind of curious as to how they're going to do that because the... Yes, strictly in the chat room, the music is very distracting.
3: Oh, come on! We do this all the time on this show. I play music for Krellie in the background. We're just talking about Killer Instinct. I just thought it would jazz up this news segment.
7: I'm also using one headset, one one side of my head, so it's kind of like, ah, uh, well,
3: <laughs> I've even turned it down, man, considerably. Killing um,
7: <laughs> last news story for me is Danger Close, the creators of Medal of Honor, the newest Medal of Honor's, uh, is working on their Medal of Honor sequel Um, they are going to keep it in the current world, I don't uh, modern war war type setting and um, they, they looked at the numbers for last year's Medal of Honor, it shipped over 5 million copies so they're really thinking that this could set it in the top.
3: Wow. Now, Ashley Ashley sent me a little bit of news I don't think he covered. Apparently, Bizarre Creations, developers of the Blur Game, the Geometry Wars series, and of course, Project Gotham Racing series got shut down by Activision today.
7: There was a little bit of news. I I don't... Unfortunately, I I mean, I'll, I'll claim it right now, I don't like to cover extremely negative news like that. I mean... It sucks when a company gets shut down. I mean, just look at um, what turned out to be 401 Games. Now used to be uh, the, the company that created Halo Wars and stuff like that. Sorry, guys. I'm at work, so I've got a lot of things going on at the same time. Okay. Um, I'm trying to uh, deal with it at at the time when I'm kind of like just pushing people away. So sorry about that. That's all right, man. Um, Yeah, I don't like to cover negative stories like that because when it when it gets covered, I really feel like I'm bringing down the mood. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard that Bizarre got shut down and I'm really sad to hear that. They did. Flora was a great game. I'll give it up. So seeing them going down kind of sucks.
3: It does kind of suck any time a game developer gets shut down. But, you know... I- we are in a time when, you know, a lot of people are pirating games and you know that's that's one of the reasons that video game companies are on the decline and it sucks. But if people are going to pirate shit, people are going to buy it pirated. That's just the way it is and you know, I feel bad for companies like this to shut down because that's less developers working on games and you know, we need everybody working and putting out the best products that they can. So
7: Yeah, I mean, I'll um I'm still not happy with the fact Microsoft shut down uh, the company who created Age of Empires. Um, basically, that means we won't be able to see a new Empire, Age of Empires game come out or another Halo Wars game. Halo Wars was really a fun game, uh, even though it was a real-time strategy game on a console. It turned out to be one of my favorite uh, games that came out back uh, in 2009. So, I mean, I'm really not happy with the fact Microsoft's kind of pushing him to go down so but that's all the news i've got
3: what great timing as the finale just just hit that was awesome timing sean you couldn't have planned that any more perfectly than you did
7: i i'm just trying to stay real i do however want to say that i marked out huge on monday night when the rock came out um my favorite part though i gotta claim it is the beginning um, everything goes black in the arena. They just start killing lights. They kill the signs. They kill the drawn Then all of a sudden, it turns really white. Everything turns... I thought it was like... It reminded me of Shawn Michaels coming out uh, at WrestleMania last year, or the year before. And he, com- he comes down from the ceiling, I believe it was. And it was just really cool. I was like, Shawn Michaels isn't hosting. I know he isn't. And then all of, you, all of a sudden, you hear... You smell, or if you, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, and I was just like, YES! I stood up and watched my TV. I didn't care what happened in the chat room, I didn't care about anything else, but I loved the fact The Rock came out and completely trashed the PG, basically. Cursing, tra- throwing down John Cena, throwing down The Miz. I mean, it's sounding great. I cannot wait to see what The Rock does. And him saying, I'm back and I'm not going anywhere makes me feel, makes me be glad that I love wrestling again.
3: Yeah, but keep this in mind, and I've mentioned this to uh, just about everybody that I've talked to. I'm not completely 100% sold on the fact that he's telling people that, you know, I kind of think it was a mistake for him to come out and cut that promo and say, I'm not going anywhere. Because as soon as he does, people are going to shit all over him again.
7: People are going to crap all over everything no matter what. Um, I mean, he he was doing good in Hollywood for a while and he comes back to wrestling. I mean, people are just going to crap on him no matter what. People crap on anything they want because basically they feel they have the voice to do it and they can do whatever they want and and get away with it.
3: Okay, you make a valid point there, but when you're coming back after seven years and saying, I'm not going anywhere, and then you're going to come back and do this thing with John Cena, whether you're wrestling a match or not and you know i have to agree with a lot of the popular opinions that i've heard recently that in fact this is dangerous territory this is quite the gamble for the wwe bringing him back in if they're not going to really commit to a full-fledged program between him and john cena you buried him the first you buried cena and the miz the night he came back you buried them both unless there's some kind of payback there especially for john cena If there's one guy in that company that needs the rock to put him over, it's John Cena. You know, I've made mention of this on the CauseCast. There's nobody that's ever really put John Cena on that pedestal. No one has ever been able to put him there. When he won his first WWE championship, he beat JBL in six minutes. He's never beaten anybody for that title other than people that have beaten him, like Edge. He never beat a Triple H for that title. He never beat a Shawn Michaels for that title. He defended against him, yes. But he never beat a guy that could put him over. He never beat a guy like The Undertaker who could put him over. And There you,
7: was really no one to pass the torch to him, basically.
3: And if he is the Hulk Hogan of this era, and The Rock was the Hulk Hogan of the last era that we had, then it makes perfect sense for him to come in, do his little gig, put John Cena over, And then John Cena is, you know, I mean, not that he's not a made man now, but he would get that one thing that he's lacking. I
7: know Austin tried to give him a little bit of the passing of the torch when he basically uh, toasted him at the Hall of Fame.
3: No, Mays, Um, he he did not. Hang on. Mays, he did not beat Triple H for the belt. He defended against Triple H. He had a match with him when Triple H was the champion, but Triple H beat him and then went to SmackDown. He never beat Triple H for the title. Triple H tapped out to John Cena when he was already the champion, so he defended against Triple H. No, no, no. He defended against Triple H. He was the champion going in. He never beat Triple H for that title. Yes, the one in Chicago. That's the one I'm talking about. He never beat... What I'm saying is he didn't beat any of those guys for that title. He beat JBL and he beat Edge. What
7: J.J. is saying, basically, Cena walked in the champion to those matches. He didn't walk in, not the champion, and won the title from Triple H or Undertaker. He walked in as the champion, defended the title, and then walked out with it.
3: So I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a gamble unless they've got something to back it up. I, I really... I don't know. I, I like The Rock. I was always a big fan of his work. And I just... When, when he literally cut that promo and said I'm here for good, I was just... I looked at Harmony and I'm like... I don't know if I'd have said that, because you've been gone for seven years. Nobody's gonna take you at your word. You're a movie star. You're off doing your thing. You've said you're not wrestling. Then what good are you to the company, other than right now popping a buy rate and popping merchandise?
7: Yeah, I'm. Um, we've got Elimination Chamber on Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious that he may make an appearance at Elimination Chamber and may cost John Cena the. Uh, the Elimination Chamber. I mean, I'm looking forward to this Sunday. This Sunday could prove or could change the entire dynamic we have coming towards WrestleMania, which is only a month or so away. So it's going to be one of those facts that Elimination Chamber basically sets up what we really don't know what what could be happening.
3: Well, you know, the Chamber's going to say a lot of stuff. If John Mm -hmm. Cena comes out uh, in the Elimination Chamber, the number one contender, and it sets up this Miz and, and... You know, John Cena thing for WrestleMania, than, you know, whatever. I really think that Lawler's drop, or I think Lawler's going to beat The Miz. I really do. And
7: the way they're looking, I really do think that's going to happen too. I mean, I I applaud Miz for breaking character on Monday and basically saying, Lawler, I'm sorry, that your mother died. I mean, he broke character, and you could see it in his eyes that he was trying to think of a way to come back from that one statement. Um, Cena cena has been in the spotlight for the title too much so far, and I really think that they should pull Cena away from it, get him, get him in a program with The Rock, get him in a program with somebody else, get him in a program with Sheamus. I mean, Sheamus isn't going to face Triple H, supposedly. No, so, supposedly
3: they're saying Triple H is going to face uh, Undertaker. Yeah, which I, I'm not a fan of at all.
7: A lot of people have really trashed that idea because Sheamus put Triple H out. Um, Wade Barrett and Nexus put Undertaker out. So why not bring Undertaker back to face um, Wade Barrett and the Core, or bring him back to face the Nexus, and bring Sheamus or bring Triple H back and make him face Sheamus? But I mean, we're still a month away. There's a lot of possibilities that can come out. I mean, they they during this time they're always scrambling to figure out what the main event's going to be, or what who's going to face who. Um, so it's really one of those things to see if the reports stay true and if uh, Undertaker does come out and say, I'm going to face you, Triple H, or Triple H comes and says, you know what, you put my friend away, I want to face you, but this time it's going to be like Michaels. My career is on the line and your streak is on the line. I mean, if that happens, I won't be happy.
3: Yeah, and then the the rumor is Michaels will be the special guest referee. I mean, I, I just... I don't really like the way that's going. Uh, I do want to put this out there. I'm going to open the phone lines up. We're going to take a few calls here momentarily before we wrap the show. So uh, you can call in. If you're in the chat room, you can use the call me icon. You click the Google widget. You put in your number, your name, follow the directions. You will automatically call in here toll-free. Or you can call the number 501-588-7957 to reach the show. Or you can add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype. These are the three ways to call into the show, so the phone lines are open, peeps.
7: In all honesty, I'm really hoping Morrison wins on Sunday. Um, It'll give him that push that he needs for people to for people to see him as a main event. Um, He's been at that point for a while now, and I really think that he's going to uh, he can excel extremely at. as a main event person, and even as the champion. Um, they've been trying to get him as a champion for a while, and no one can really see him as the main event.
3: Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I want to see John Morrison get the push. I would almost say don't don't give him the Elimination Chamber to get the number one contendership. I would almost say continue to have the fire lit under his ass and do your, your money-in-the-bank ladder match at Mania and have him win that at Mania. And then I would say have Jerry Lawler go into WrestleMania, the champion, and defend against The Miz. And I would say have Miz beat Jerry Lawler at WrestleMania. And then John Morrison comes out, cashes it in, and becomes the WWE champion. That's how I would book it right now. Right now.
7: That. That's a very interesting interesting way to put it. I mean, I've, I haven't heard that before. And, I mean, even though I've heard a lot of people trash um, the King, Jerry Lawler, winning the title, um, I want to see them give the title to King. I mean, he's definitely one person in the company who deserves it more than anyone else, even though he's of that age. He's way past the age that he should be to wrestling. But, I mean, give it to King, even if it's for a day. Um, even if Miz comes out um, and the GM or Michael Cole says that he's in charge for the night and basically says, I'm the special referee of your match. And I'm going to call straight down the middle. And then as soon as Miz rolls him up, uh, Cole counts as fast as he can to three and rings for the bell. Or he could even do a screw job on King. Uh, Miz puts him some, some kind of hold uh, submission move. And then all of a sudden, uh, Cole tells him to ring the bell. I mean, there's a lot of ways they could do this. If King does win the belt, Um, uh, you know that Cole is going to screw him out some way uh, if he wins it. So, I'm just kind of curious as how they're going to do this with the King.
3: I agree, and it's it's going to be interesting to find out what direction they go. I mean, here we are, you know, just a little over a month away from the biggest show of the year. And we, honest to God, don't know what's going on, what direction they're taking. If Vince McMahon and the WWE keep The Rock a secret, ladies and gentlemen, then why is it not possible for the WWE to keep all this Sting stuff under wraps? Think about it for a second. If they can keep that secret, then why couldn't they have Sting the big secret as well? We're going to find yeah, out on Monday I mean, what happens. But you have to look I mean, at it from that perspective.
7: Sorry. Um, yeah, I can definitely see them holding... I mean, I, I'd love to see Sting come out. I mean, that would be a huge mark-out moment for me again. Um, this is something... This is really interesting how the WWE has done this. Uh, this is actually one WrestleMania where we don't know what's going on. Um, usually about coming up to this time, we know some of the, we know almost all the matches. But with the fact that... Um, some of the WWE creative or WWE people have said we have they haven't spoken to Sting. No one's contacted Sting. And even some of the TNA stars are saying Sting won't Sting won't go to WWE. I mean, if Sting walks out on Raw Monday night and he says, Here I am, I will stand up, applaud WWE, and I will buy WrestleMania in H D just because Sting walked out
3: on Raw. Well, like I said, Trey and I have talked about this before, but of all the people who've not made one comment, you have not heard shit from Sting saying I'm not signing with the WWE. Right. I've not been in negotiations with the WWE. Normally, Sting would, would be the first one to say, hey, I, I'm i not talking to him. I, I don't know where all this is coming from. I like the fact that we might be being kayfabed, so let's see what happens. Let's go to the phone lines. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Rodriguez nine oh four. Hey Rod, what's up?
5: Hey, what's going on man? I I gotta say I agree with JJ on the um, situation with the Rock. I don't think he's gonna stay around like he promised. Yeah, um I would like to see him face John Cena, you know, with John Cena best, but. <laughs> Oh
3: well make no mistake, if if he takes on John Cena, Cena's going over. Uh, because, again, The Rock is a guy that his whole career with the WWE had no problem putting people over. This is the guy that elevated Brock Lesnar to world championship status. Um, This is the guy that elevated Kurt Angle to that status. Uh, You know, he's helped build more stars in the WWE than anybody else. I mean, he had... You look at The Rock's title runs, and they never lasted very long. Um, But he is a guy that has no problem putting people over when, when it needs to be, and... Make no mistake about it. The WWE does not benefit from Dwayne The Rock Johnson coming in and beating John Cena. It's the complete opposite. John Cena has to beat The Rock in order for any of this to really be a payoff.
5: Yeah, I see I see your point. And uh, one, one more thing I want to talk to Sean. All right. What, what's this about Bulletstorm being, being the worst shooter this year or something like that?
7: Say that one more time. I couldn't hear you. I've got people... Behind me talking, so I can't really hear that well. Uh, let me turn I up said, a little bit, too. What you,
5: what, what you said earlier about, there's talks about Bulletstorm being the worst shooter right now?
7: Bulletstorm has basically called itself. Um, they've they've come out and said, you know what, we're aiming to be the worst shooter of this year. So they're calling themselves that. It, it's, it's, it's a fake. People know that they're really not calling themselves that. Um, the company basically is just having fun with shooters as a, as a as a zone. It's not base. it's not fans calling us it that, it's the company itself calling it that. Because they just wanna have fun. I mean, they poked fun at Call of Duty, they poked fun at Halo. Now they're poking a little fun at themselves. That's basically all they're doing.
5: Oh yeah. I I, I took it the wrong way. I thought you meant the fans are saying. and I know what you mean how they're like trying to make everything a joke and everything, um because I was gonna say I played the demo one and I I, I I liked it a lot and I'm gonna buy it. <laughs>
7: Will come next week. Fun. Um, it's coming out next week, and hopefully by by Thursday, I'll have a copy of it from GameFly. And if I do, I'll uh, sit down and play it, and I will try to have a uh, exclusive review right here next Friday. I can't promise anything, but if I don't have it next Friday, I'll have it the Friday after, and that's a definite. Cool. Oh, I'll have
3: I'll
5: have that on three y'all on Tuesday. I've already got them both paid off.
3: Cool, Rob. Yeah. Thanks for the call, man. Anything else?
5: No, that, that's really it. Um, I just wanted just to say that about Bulletstorm. Cause I guess I've heard it the wrong way, and I like the game right. from the demo.
3: All right. Well, thanks, Rod. I, right. I appreciate the call, and we'll. Uh, i got a lot of people call, calling in right now, so I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, later. Thanks, man. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this?
0: Hi, this is Trefo. How's it going? Good, how are you?
3: Not too bad. So what's on your mind tonight?
0: Sorry, what did you say?
3: What's on your mind tonight?
0: What's on my mind tonight is I have a bunch of stuff, um, particularly about SmackDown. I did not agree with the firing of Dolph Ziggler. I feel that he's in that bunch now of where guys like him and Sheamus, And Drew McIntyre, they get this big, giant push, and all of a sudden it comes to a sudden end, and there's nowhere for them to go anymore. So it's kind of like a waste of time. I do not really agree with that.
7: Before before we continue, um, JJ, I missed SmackDown. So is there a possibility you can fill me in on what's going on?
3: Um, Dolph Ziggler was awarded the World Heavyweight Championship tonight. Teddy Long came back, allowed that to happen. Edge was fired but teddy long reinstated him uh edge won back the world heavyweight championship after a spear in about a six minute match and uh they celebrated by firing dolph ziggler did teddy long so dolph ziggler effectively has been fired from the smackdown brand um i think that this is not a bad thing i think that he's not gone obviously from the company um i think i think he's coming maybe to raw maybe he'll come back to the smackdown brand but i think this was a the whole purpose and having the storyline where he got fired, I think, was to get him away from Vicky Guerrero because I don't think he needs her to be the main event guy that we think he's going to be. And this bringing him over, hear. bringing him over to Raw, would probably be the best solution to get him completely away from Vicky. But uh, expect to see something interesting happen in the storyline. Don't be surprised if he uh, if, if he's off for a little bit. Maybe he's the one that causes Edge. To lose that world heavyweight championship at, at WrestleMania, but I really think this is a positive for Dolph Ziggler because he's he's not going anywhere. He's locked up under contract and he he's too much of a diamond in a rough for this company. They're gonna let him go. You know, yeah, I'm I don't sitting want here to see him go.
7: <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking about this. Dolph Ziggler was actually in the uh nation chamber, so him being fired makes a space open. Exactly. Who do you put in that space?
3: I would almost say and, and you guys are gonna be like, no fucking way. I would almost say that since you have an open spot in the chamber, even though Monday is 221, the Undertaker shows up and hits that spot.
7: Well, they could pull what Edge pulled on. Either it was was Edge or Chris Jerick. I think it was Edge because I remember him looking at Ray Mysterio. Um, Edge lost the title earlier in the night. He came back, took out Kofi Kingston, and then took over Kofi Kingston's spot and then won the title. We might possibly see that Miz Miz loses the title early on, and says, "You know what? I want the title back." And goes out and wins the elimination or wins the, wins the elimination chamber and takes the title away. Well, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a big throw out there, but it's definitely one of those things that could happen.
3: It would be interesting. The only problem with that is you'd have a double heel match for Mania. You'd have Alberto Del Rio, who's guaranteed the title shot against the yeah, Miz. I mean, so that, I don't think that would work too well.
0: I think he deserves it though. Like, I mean, he has that kind of persona where it's like you love to hate him, right? But it's also like, you know, like when Randy first came to the company, he had that kind of like thing where it's like, oh, the girls want him, but the guys want to be him, and like, but we still love to hate him. He can be—he's like a tweener, and it's like, even though he comes off his heel, it's still strong enough for fans to have a a liking toward him. So, I mean, like, I don't think anything wrong with giving him.
3: A title match, like at all. I, I like. I said. I I really think that this is a plus for Dolph. It, you know, get him away from Vicky because she kind of she she's gotten him the heat in recent months. But I think that she's been kind of dragging him down too. You know, the same thing happened with Edge when Vicky Guerrero was you know ruling the roost and and helping him win all these championships and everything. I mean, it kind of brought his character down to a point. I I just I think it's a good momentum shift for him to get a change of scenery.
0: Yeah, especially coming
3: from the Spirit Squad. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, th- this is a guy that's had, what, three or four gimmicks since he debuted. Spirit Squad, he was uh, he was Nick Nemeth, the uh, the caddy for Chavo Guerrero, who was Kerwin White. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this has at least been a good gimmick. And it's been a long time coming. I mean, who can forget yeah. those, those first couple of years as Dolph Ziggler, where he would tell everybody, I'm Dolph Ziggler. So, he's definitely come a long way.
0: Right.
3: So, is there anything else?
0: Um, no, but I'm I am happy to see the rock back. So.
3: I just hope he stays. Oh, I, he I really stays. do. I I don't want to see him come in and then leave and leave everybody high and dry. So, I hope he stays. That's what
0: everyone's like really afraid about like he gave that big speech and everything. He has everyone's hopes up. So it's like he cannot just like peace out on us. So he, no, my gosh, I would lose all respect for him, honestly.
3: And it's that, that's what I said. It's a big gamble to bring him in. Granted, yeah. they popped a huge rating. They're selling mega merchandise. Uh, they're all over the place with you know with the news of him coming in. And mm-hmm. you know for the short term, it did a good thing. But for the long term, you have to question where this is going to go. Do
0: you think they're going to give Cena a break, though?
3: Um, you know what? I, I think, if anything, Cena totally needs the rub from the rock. If that happens, then, you know, maybe Cena will be elevated to another plateau. I, I've i never been a big fan of Cena. I mean, I respect what he does outside the ring. I respect yeah. what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm not a fan of his. You know, I mean, I've got three little girls in this house that, that just love John Cena to death and, you know, <laughs> run around doing the you can't see me all the time. And so when Rock did the whole, you know, what are we playing, peekaboo, I, I died. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I'm probably going to bring back Lexi's Corner next week just to get the, uh, Get her thoughts and, of course, Sienna's thoughts on that because Sienna was like loving The Rock coming out. And then as soon as he started digging on John Cena, she was all getting mad and stuff. So I'd, I'll probably bring them on the show and get their take on what they saw because they, they love watching WWE.
7: I think that uh, Cena versus The Rock would actually be just as big as Cena versus Brock Lesnar. I mean, that was a huge match. It was a great match when it happened. And they showed the v- vignettes of um, the Rock training, doing the stairs, doing cardio, yeah. doing all these oh. things with the trainer. And seeing, seeing the Rock doing that again, or Cena doing that himself, to prepare for a match this big, could be something that says, you know what, Cena beat the Rock, that's pretty big. This is a passing of the torch from the Rock to Cena.
3: Well, it, it, would, it would be on the same level, too, as, as Hogan and Rock you know back in yeah. 02 i mean it would be literally that kind of thing and i could i could see the scenario pop up where when the match is over and cena's hit his five knuckle shuffle and the attitude adjustment three or four times because the rocks going to kick out of two of them um that they look in the middle of the ring they shake hands and you're going to have like a big uh, a big moment for the company you know and i think that's what they need right now and you know as i said you look at the guys that have been elevated especially this new crop i mean John Cena didn't beat anybody, really, to be the champion, aside from JBL, who really wasn't a big deal at that point. So <laughs> he kind of needs somebody to elevate him to that status, and that's right now The Rock is the guy to do it. Well, Teresa, is there anything else before we uh, we wrap out of here?
0: Nope, that is
3: all. Wow, well, I appreciate the call.
0: Oh, no problem.
3: Feel free to call in any time. All
0: right, thank you.
3: All right, Crellie, are you still with us? We're wrapping things up now.
6: Yeah, I'm still here. That was uh, that was actually my friend. Oh, cool. She's very nice.
7: I feel sorry for her.
6: <laughs> Wait, way to fuck up the hey, mood Sean. there, Sean. Hey, Sean. Wow. <laughs> Sean, Sean, guess what, Sean? You're fired again. Oh um, wow.
7: I uh, yeah. I don't even think I have I've started yet. No one's contacted me, so oh well.
6: Well, that well, I've I've okayed it. I think Ty got set up a uh, different like side page for you and then it's good to go okay we just need to me and Ty just need to have a conversation sounds good yeah that's my friend who I decided to bring into the SNS family because well she's quite a smart wrestling fan yeah
3: did I just say screw you no it said happy trails to you okay because we're wrapping shit up people
7: um, I do want to say something. I need everyone's picks, including the moderator's picks, including you, Kareli, and um, right, the, the listeners' winner. picks. Pick I need all of the picks in to um, p- PPV unplugged at yahoo.com by tomorrow. If your picks are not in by tomorrow night, you are not going to be eligible on... um what
6: are the matches? What are the matches?
7: Look it up, man. I don't know off the top of my oh. head.
6: Well, you should do it. It's your job. You're the guys fucking booking this pay-per-view prediction things.
7: I'm at work also on a laptop that
6: can't do a lot. Uh, I'll post it on Facebook. You, you'll find it.
3: Wow, I'm playing the smallest violin in the world right now, guys.
6: <laughs> <coughs> I hate you too, but yeah, hey. Jay.
3: All right, so do you guys have any final words before we get the hell out of here?
6: Make sure tune in to tune into the cause cause this week because I'll be there and I'll have two announcements. Awesome. So, so.
3: Awesome. So, we, we yeah, have obviously we have this Sunday coming up, Elimination Chamber pay per view starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Myself and the usual suspects will be covering Elimination Chamber. Don't forget, Monday night, 221 11 flair 16 time jj sexay and of course the tray dog tuesday the Causecast is back and i do have a major announcement that i'm going to reveal on sunday so you need to listen to sunday night showdown major announcement coming but on behalf of the sensational sequel on behalf of chris kelly from headlocks or excuse me headlocks to headlines.com <laughs> it's hard to say that sometimes um i am jj sexay We'll see you next week. Happy trails to each one of you. I'm JJ Sexay, and you've just been unplugged.
1: Just the freestyle, meanwhile we we'll keep to be kickin' Sweat drippin', girlie's in the limo eating chicken Oops, go get the grease on your bloody hoes I love your Robo, move over, I gotta blow my nose Sneezin', but still pleasing all of a- slimmy Pull out my jimmy, time to get busy with a jenny If it's good and plenty, don't you know There I go, there I go, there I go But I don't go nowhere without my gym hat What I'm rappin' is if she's trappin' then I'm trappin' Cause I'm smarter than that And then, girlie, maybe we can get along Cutie after cutie, it's just the same old song
2: Song. All
5: my words, the so. All the Money, big, the fruity dick, the up and down. Well, as a matter of fact, I'll be right back. I gotta take a look. So I'm draining, entertaining. But I got fame and the bases I've touched. Too much for me to try to be naming. Hey yo, you saw me on cable and grin. I busted in and I was going to win. I caught Gable back in Oakland. It's the same old song. It's 40 shorty, same freckles and hat drinking the same Ford. Hypothetical, political, lyrical, miracle whip. Just like butter. My rhymes are legit cause
1: I'm a Humpty. Not Humpty Dumpty, but Humpty hump. Here a hump, there a hump, We're everywhere I'm uh, Humpty. Shut
2: up and just listen. Not dissing, don't get me wrong. But to me, it's just the same old song. So just watch, cause
4: my name is Shock, I like to rock and you can't stop this. Tupac, go ahead and rock. Now this. I clown around when I hang
0: around with, with the, the underground. Girls used to frown, say I'm down when I come around, gas me. And when they pass me, they used to diss me, harass me, but now they ask me if they can kiss me.
3: Get the fame, people change, wanna live their life. Same song can't go wrong if I play a nice guy. Claiming fame must have changed now that we became strong. I remain still the same. Cause it's the same song. Same song.
2: I dare uh, yeah, humpy hump in the house, y'all. And you know what? It's
5: the same old song.
3: I swear, I must be one of the only shows that's double Tupac heavy tonight. What's up with that? And for those of you wondering, it's Digital Underground, same song. Right here on a plug. On that note, guys, good night. We'll see you later on. I'm JJ Sexy. Good night, bitches.